everybody, and welcome back to Manga Mavericks at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies, we celebrate them. And that is certainly what we're doing today. We're celebrating quite a great film belonging to a beloved franchise, and that is Lupin the First. This is not the first time we've discussed a Lupin film on at Movies, but this is a first for the Lupin franchise. It is its first. CG animated feature and it was quite a good one released in Japanese theaters in December 2019 and North American theaters by G Kids in October 2020 and now available on home video as of this month January 2021 we are releasing our podcast review of the film Conducted by myself, Lord, and Vix. And we had quite a lot to say about how the film pays homage to the Lupin franchise, its historical inspirations, and, of course, the quality of the CG animation itself. Because it is quite a beaut. And I thought there would be no better... Film to cover first on at movies in 2021, then Lupin the Third the First. So enjoy listening to our thoughts seeing the theatrical premiere of this film in North American theaters back in October, safe and socially distanced, of course, as we jump into the journey that is Lupin the First. Of course, before we do that, I want to remind everyone about our ongoing Manga Maverick survey, where we're celebrating the fifth year anniversary of our podcasts. And this includes the fourth anniversary of Manga Mavericks at Movies itself. And if you want to vote on your favorite episodes of Manga Mavericks and Manga Mavericks at Movies, Make sure to take that survey, which is open until January 31st, and we'd love to get a lot of responses, a lot of feedback from you guys, what your favorite episodes and moments from the show have been, alongside many other questions to just let us know what parts about the show you guys like most. And in conjunction with our survey, everyone who takes it is going to be entered into a special giveaway in which five lucky winners will be sent a free manga of their choice. We've got quite a catalog of titles to choose from, from classics like Video Girl Eye to recent hits like High Score Girl. And who can turn down a free manga? It's quite a gift. No need to do any stealing or heist in La Lupin. We're giving it away to you. So make sure to take the manga survey and enter the giveaway before January 31st and celebrate our fifth anniversary with us. But that's enough about our fifth, so let's get back to the topic of the first. As we shine a spotlight on everyone's favorite monkey face teeth from Monkey Punch, Lupin the Third.
that's a lot of eggs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the water gets hot. <laughs> and warm. Okay. I love you too. I was just thinking. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Very old for a particular situation. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I will punch you in the face with a boxing glove. Yeah, see, nothing makes turns people on more than boxing gloves out of any kinds. Gotta have that icon. They didn't recreate that scene in this film. What? Yeah, no. They didn't do it. They did a lot of recreations in the opening title sequence. They recreated, of course, the famous uh, running against the wall scene with Lupin's gestures always running. Yes. Yeah, let's say we've started. And what film are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about the Tumble Bump, the Pum, 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 Someone said, well, no help is kind for you. You shouldn't be allies of Lupin, but you are not as fortunate as Letitia. No, you're just not cool enough. Also, you're not fighting Nazis. Which yeah, is, yeah. yeah, you're only fighting us. But we are not Nazis, unfortunately. Uh, I think fortunately, right? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I yeah. guess if we were, then the reward would get the help he so desires. Yeah. See, that's... Lupin would rescue you in that case, but... And then we'd die horribly, and there'd be two less Nazis in the world. And someone would scream, like, Dora! It is. This, uh, this, this movie is what we needed in our, our, our uh, heavily divided times. We can all come yeah. together... And laugh at Nazis dying. Yes, I think we should all be in sync with the idea that, yeah, punch Nazis, get rid of Nazis. And shove them in the black holes. They're bad, and these neo-Nazis that believe in the series like Hitler is alive in South America are crazy. Just just a little bit. I mean, like, you're you're believing um, the words of of a weird, strange woman from India. Who thought that Hitler was a magic man and was still alive after the war? It's this is a thing. So yeah, it all, it all comes from this one weird lady. Yeah, I think it's very funny that this movie takes on like these fascist conspiracy nuts. Like it would have been really funny if this had been said in like modern day and the villain was a QAnon believer. You know, it's like the same kind of ideology. Absurd belief in conspiracies. I mean, it's it, it, history is a circle. It totally, it, this totally could have been set in the modern day. I mm. I have no doubt that somebody is keeping alive the um Abanera, Abanerbe, yeah, the Abanerbe, which is the um the real life Nazi um archaeological institute created by Heinrich Himmler, 
who wanted to prove that indeed, so like this is a common fit, so backstory for the movie yeah, and for, real life. Never even said the name of the movie though. Oh yeah, it the is, movie. The movie's name is Lupin the Third. The first Lupin the Third. The first movie about punching Nazis. Well,我们把那个《Nazi》的《Four》，right？In的《Second》TV series，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode》，or是那个《Episode
I'll literally light it on fire. <laughs> the NES can totally handle these yeah. ten gigabyte models. That's how that, that's how science works. I'm a totally. I'm a scientist. You've gotta trust me. I totally. you can be a scientist too. Because yeah. that's me, an ethically responsible scientist, and not like the scientists that are working for Unnerby in this film, like Lambert. Yeah, more like Rassan and Leticia. You, so, like, here's a um, here's basic science. Ba- basic science time. Um, Ari- the Aryan race doesn't go- doesn't exist, and Anunerbe is really stupid, and <laughs> the bell curve is fake. Yeah. So, um, now congratulations, you are more qualified to be a scientist than than an oddly large amount of people that claim to be scientists, like. Dr. Professor Jordan Balthazar Peterson and the entirety of the Anan Air Bay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, go, talking more about uh, Takashi Yamazaki, though, it's interesting that a lot of his work pre-Stand by Me Doraemon was actually live action. Yeah, I mean, he still does work in uh, live action, yeah. too. So he did the Parasite live action movies, yeah. which I hear aren't great, but uh, that's something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to have some good CG, might as well have it in Parasite. Yeah, I mean, like, I was reading, like, an interview, I think, that it was have to do with Polygon, and he mentioned, like, he feels that CG is much closer to live action in a way than traditional animation. Yeah. The different aspects and movements that you have. Yeah. You have to pay attention. There's so many other dimensions in CG that you don't take account for in 2D. Lighting being a big example, that's something yeah. you take account for in 3D, because you're really trying to make the environments feel more lifelike, so you can still stylize it, but you also need to pay attention to more real-world uh, physics and lighting and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's a problem we've seen a lot of CG anime. It's like, they don't necessarily take an account of those things, and then you feel like there's this uncanny value, or it feels like it's compromising something. Right. Or like, with, like, his this... works, like, I never have felt that way. Like, Doraemon, yeah. when I watched Stand By Me Doraemon, I never felt like, oh, hey, this would be more fun to watch in TV. Yeah. Just because, like, it does everything right. As you mentioned, there's a lot of attention to detail in the environments and the coding and the, even the features of the characters. Like, Lupin has a lot of stubble on his chin and all the characters' hair is pretty well detailed. Look extremely. Lambert has all these spots on, on his face and stuff. Like, they really detail these characters very well. They even One of the cheeky eyes. Yeah. ultimate sin. But even so, even with these details, it never stops feeling like a cartoon. They keep the, the expressiveness of the characters that you would expect from a traditional Lupin cartoon, the Looney Tunes expressions and gags and stuff like that. Some of my favorite parts of the movie are when they just do those expressions, like when Lupin takes Jigen's hat to throw in the death trap to just test out to see like where the old lasers are going to shoot out. And Jigen's face when, when he sees Lupin throw his hat is just priceless. There's just so many great expressions in the characters. Lupin especially is so lively. Like, they referenced, of course, classic uh, Lupin expressions from older series and stuff for this film, and that came across really well. They really brought them 
into life in CG really great. It reminds me of the painstaking work Blue Sky did to replicate Peanuts for the CG Peanuts movie. Or Captain Underpants. Yeah, yeah. One of the big things about CGI is there has to be this perfect balance between 2D and 3D. I mean, depending on what you're doing, obviously. And I think what the uncanny uh, the uncanny valley effect starts to happen when you stray too far away from the idea of 2D animation. One of the best things about this movie is that everybody moves like a cartoon character. They yeah. still have weight to them, but everybody has their own animation style that's basically ripped straight out of uh, part two and part one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so Lupin's movements are extremely spindly. He make um, his uh, his arms are always stretched out at a strange angle when he's yeah. walking with them in his pockets. And then he got this absolute unit of a man <laughs> who um, uh, who's uh, who's got a, a bit less frame than his arms. He's going ah! and um, the entirety of Interpol and the ICPO yeah. are these um, are just they, they're animated like bowling pins and mannequins. Yeah, great scene. Of course, when Zidigata like recognizes that Lupin is set up like just this fake mannequin in the desert, and like he stops, and then all the Interpol agents behind him like just pile on behind his back. They all just crash into his back, which is great. And um and then they uh, they're, they're like they're like this this strange they're, they're like very, very stiff water. They part for him. And um, <laughs> like they part for him and fall down around him and then they um, they uh, then they amass back together and help him get onto the plane. Um and uh J- uh, J- uh movements are a lot more stiff, Fujiko's are are animated a lot more smoothly than most of the other characters while the well, like the, the characters that aren't the traditional Lupin characters are animated like regular people. Mm-hmm. Which gives the movie this really, really cool style to it. But there's a lot of different camera angles and a lot of different uses of, um, uh, there's a lot of different uses of, like, cameras panning over and, uh, the camera playing tricks with you, like, what a real movie would do. But, like, of live action. And they're not saying this isn't a real movie. Animation is completely valid, Re. Unless you're yeah. the Oscars. No. Yeah, one of the things that I really liked was, um, I don't really see this in, like, anima- animated stuff a lot. They, um, when a Jigen's just like uh, lounging on the um, on, like on the ground, but wait, he's actually upside down. He's been lounging on the wall the whole yeah. time, and the camera like turns and pans back I like mean, it's on a doll. Camera movement, I think, is one of the biggest strengths of this feature. You know, being a CG film, they can manipulate the environments through the programs they're using in that way to create these shots in a way that would be harder to do with traditional animation. So. They really use the environments to great effect uh, in just composing, like, very interesting camera angles and pans and just pointing the camera around an environment. Like, again, the scene where they enter the room with all the eyeballs in the dungeon. Like, the camera spins around to show the all the eyeballs around the place. You know, stuff like that is really, really... Interesting. It's just stuff you don't see at other Lupin features. And I think that was used very effectively in this film to just give it, like, kind of a scope that we don't really see often, I suppose, in other Lupin films. Yeah, yeah, the scope is really, really. Like, the movie didn't feel big because it's very, very constrained to a, a select few locations. Mm-hmm. But it felt, um, but it felt like a lot. Those locations felt really, really expansive and well done. Yeah, I think one of the biggest moments of that was, of course, when the big 
doomsday weapon is unleashed, and the black hole generator thing is they shoots the black hole down into the environment, and it just creates like this massive tornado in this landscape, and it, it creates just this big crater at least behind. Like the scale of that was very impressive. I think it really self-filled the devastation there. It was it was really really well done. Like it shows so like. With a, like it, it, it's a mini black hole generator. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a small explosion happens, and it's kind of like Vanilla Ice's effect, mm-hmm. where that's gone, and or the hand, and the, um, the the tornado afterwards is just all of that air rushing back into that gigantic yeah, space, yeah. which it does, which is animated extremely well, and it was cool. So this new black hole just a JoJo. Yes, <laughs> but you know that's that's that that's just how it goes. Everything's a JoJo reference. Yeah, Lambert. I mean, Resson Diary, Dio Diary. Oh, um, oh, trying to attain something that will get you to heaven, maybe, oh. or to achieve the ideal of heaven. Yeah, the ideal of heaven is a place without anybody who's not specifically German. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Hitler in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. He's he. By the by the way, guys. The uh, idea of Hitler, heaven Hitler, is a world where everyone knows their fate, and also the people I don't like aren't in anymore. Yes, but you know, um, you, we got all that living space, but eventually we're gonna have to decide uh, who's gonna um, who who among the 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 the, the master race is the most masterful, because the uh, that's because you because fascism totally has uh, uh, we'll just stop. Mm-hmm. But we'll just stop at a certain point. It's it's. Totally not like the Daleks, which are fascists. And that, the whole point is that this can't, this is not a sustainable idea. Mm-hmm. Lupin, that's what Lupin teaches us. Lupin teaches us very, very deep things like fascism bad. Yeah, they they are very idiots, and they destroy themselves in their blind devotion to false gods. ideologies and false gods, yeah. like the deification of a person he has never even met the yes. main antagonist. He's so obsessed with this photo, this fake photograph. So, and with this idea. Actually, okay. The um, one of, uh, so we should probably talk about the plot of the movie before yeah. we get well, into. Well, one that. note for on the character design. I think they translated them in, with the CG models really well. I think this also held true for the new characters introduced. I felt with most of them, I could totally see them being just traditional. 2D Lupin characters in modern Lupin series. I think the one exception would be Leticia, whose face it definitely rung a little off from what I'd expect from a Lupin character, and that kind of hit me that I think Leticia is very intentionally designed more like what you would expect of a Disney CG princess type character uh like i feel like her facial features are very reminiscent of say anna and frozen yeah i thought that it was like a small reference to clarice oh, in, that, in that clarice yeah. was animated a lot more of like uh miyazaki's other works like um annie of green gables she uh, um like one of the more traditional characters at the time yeah. i mean that's also a character design that stands out as being different from the traditional Lupin cast in that film, but at least it feels a little more, they, they feel a little more cohesive in the same world just because the Lupin cast is also redesigned to be softer looking and kind of in line with Miyazaki style. 
in this film, I think the characters look very true to kind of the modern aesthetic of the Reborn characters, so that does make uh, Letitia stand out more as someone who isn't quite in the same line in terms of design philosophy. Which I think that's also maybe the point, because the, she's not so. She's not supposed to be in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, Lupin is telling her the whole time, you really, should, you really shouldn't be this unless you really want to in this mad chase of cops and robbers. Yeah. Like, um, in some of the, some of like the basic, like, I don't think Brisson really looked like he felt. He, he was a normal Lupin character. The whole time I was looking at him, it was like, it's fucking, it's fucking Big Boss. <laughs> dude look like, dude looks like Big Boss. Um, he didn't feel like a Lupin character much to me, but like, outside yeah, of the I leader guess, of the Nazis, like Lambert, I thought was very Lam- much like Lambert a Lupin looked very much, like especially Lupin. with yeah. his like big nose, is kind of wily, uh, yeah. beard. Yeah, but like outside of him, none of the new characters really felt like they would translate exactly into like two people. Yeah, um, I think maybe you could. Do it a little bit of like manipulating designs, but like it's not a one for one. I think yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely true. Yeah, uh, like uh, like just all the incidental characters. Yeah, uh, anybody in- involved with like Interpol or the Nazis looks like they could probably be in a Lupin yeah. series. Like 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 the Nazi characters, they're all yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. Like one of them's got this like giant shock of blonde hair. Yeah. his name is Hans. Yeah, totally a Lupin. Oh, yeah, he is yeah. a Lupin, but, but like an incidental security guard is just kind of like just looks like a normal yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. And like all the ICP, um, all of Interpol have like no faces whatsoever. Yeah, all I'm the very same thing too. Like how they are often depicted. Nobody only stands and Gata. Yeah, see, because Zenigata is the only cop we can trust. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the police, except for Zenigata. is <laughs> not going to shoot you. He's just going to yeah. use a very elaborate um, uh, handcuffing mechanism. Like, like, and he yeah. will fight, and if he, and, um, but if... if Zenigata doesn't use guns. Yeah, no, you say he can trust them. He just uses handcuffs, and he will go against uh, his own institution if he believes they're not acting in the right way. Yeah, he'll, he'll turn in his badge and say, I'm so sorry, Commissioner! <laughs> and he'll run off to save the day! Yeah, <laughs> Gunner needs to run the entire police. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. And he can run it by himself! Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'd catch all the criminals except Lupin. Yeah. yeah. He's confident and he's very good at his job. It's just when it comes to catching Lupin, he's not managed. I saw this old post on uh, 4chan back in the day on of, of Zenigata and Lupin dropping into Gotham City, and Zenigata arrests literally everyone, <laughs> and Lupin and Batman are have, um, are just having a gadget war off to the side. That's amazing. Oh, that's like the Joker just arrested arrested for life in one day. Oh my just, god! Just so many handcuffs. There's no way to get out. Oh. And Lupin and Batman are like, oh. eat your heart out, Gordon. Gordon Batman. God, yeah. <laughs> of course they can't kill. Of course, you know, Batman, Batman can't catch Lupin. He's not a super cop like Zenigata. Yeah. He's just a vigilante cop. Yeah, which, and probably one of the only good ones, except for the ones that I also like. I like Our Man. Do you like Our Man, audience? Do you like Our Man? <laughs> <laughs> I like Our Man and Star Man. Nobody cares about them. Except the boomer. <laughs> It, no, not, no, no, this is like, this is World War Two, baby. This is before uh, the boomers. The pre-boomers. <laughs> the pre-boomers. And also they came back during the millennial the era. The boomers. 
What what was pre boomer? Like that's the greatest gen- that's the greatest generation. Yeah, generation. generation. Generation Alpha is the one after Gen Z. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or they're called they're also like the like the ones from like a silent generation because everybody died in World War One. Except in America, nothing ever bad happens to America. Woo-hoo! I love America. Someone save me, please. But you know, you know, I think Lupin can save America. I think, yeah. I think he did save America. Lupin Part Six, he goes to America and realizes how shitty. It is. <laughs> oh god! No, he, he only goes to places that watch the Lupin the Third franchise, so he'll go literally everywhere else. I like this him to steal all of. Jeff Bezos' fortune redistributes the wealth to his workers. I mean, he, even, even part one Lupin would do that. Yeah. I, I, I think that even part one Lupin wouldn't be as evil as Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Manga Lupin wouldn't be that evil. Yeah. <laughs> if Snowden can appear in Lupin, he wouldn't be If Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton combined can appear, can appear in, what was it? This fucking mm-hmm. Diary. Carol on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Then. Anything can happen in the world of anime. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's also, there's a plot to this movie. Did yeah. You know that? Uh, no, actually, it's just uh, the, it's just Lupin waving his hands in front of the screen and everybody <laughs> and everybody laughing because he's really funny. Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. That's Lupin trolling everyone for Diana. Yeah, I watched that. This Looney Tunes that's the web six where Lupin just out there to the bad guys. And Dango's got a giant hammer. Yeah. <laughs> running around in circles. Lupin gets him to beat himself with it. Yeah. They get into a whole rabbit season, duck season argument. Then he got to handcuffs himself. And, okay, uh, actually, I want to see this movie now. <laughs> uh, don't explain the plot, please. Uh, the plot of this film, the actual film, or the fictional film? <laughs> we're, we're, pitching a, we're pitching a film. Okay. DMS, call us. Well, this film... Is basically about Lupin teaming up with this girl, Leticia, to track down the Bresson diary and unlock its secrets and then pursue the eclipse, the treasure that is the diary directs to and gives all these clues about how to solve all these trials to get to it, where it is in this like dungeon place. And it's a, it's actually a real no it's a it's a real um place it's a Teo 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 yeah, it's in Mexico. It's yeah. in the Valley of Mexico. It's not South America, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, but it's oh, like America. a dungeon. Guam is Central America. It is like a, it's a dungeon in. Yeah, it's a, it's a dungeon in there. It's a part of it. It's a yeah. small part of it. But, yeah. And the main connection here is that Lupin is interested in the personal diary and unlocking it because this is something that his grandfather, the first or son Lupin, supposedly was not able to do. Meanwhile, Leticia is only interested in locking the diary because her grandfather, her adopted grandfather, Liam Bear, says that he will only approve her going to Boston University to study archaeology if she helps them in this task. And that's her only motivation to start out with. But, of course, as we have kind of already revealed, 
we find out that Letitia's grandfather is working in league with the Nazis, a neo-Nazi resurgence group, and also is a member of the Anunnabe, as mentioned, the Nazi-like pseudo-science organization. There's uh, there's an archaeological organization uh, formed by Heinrich Himmler during when the Nazis took control of Germany. See, there was a prevailing theory at the time, a very stupid theory, that actually white people were the creators of all civilization. Um, one of the parts of the series is actually one of the most interesting parts, I think, is that the so the German pagan gods were like the purest form of gods, and the Hindi gods were actually um, so Indians. Uh, India used to have Aryans in it, and the Hindi gods were actually the, one of the more pure forms of religion left because that was actually an Aryan pantheon. This is a real thing that these people believed because they are dumb. And they're yeah, all, and if, they're, this, if this was being told by South Park, they'd have that disclaimer. This is what Anunnaki uh, researchers actually believe. This is what not even Hitler didn't believe this. Someone <laughs> pitched this to Man and Troy. I think it'd be a great South Park season explaining the dumb things that uh, that the Thule Society and Anunnaki believe. Uh, 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 unfortunately, for archaeologists, these losers who were trying to find evidence that the Aryans were the first and the best people, which even Hitler knew was bullshit, um, was the only game in town. So, uh, around Europe in Nazi-occupied territory, he either got paid to pretend that, oh yes, the Aryans made Greek civilization, we swear, or yes, um, they made math. Uh, actually, the Persians, they were, uh, they were, you know, white. Or you got shot in the head. <laughs> Those are your two choices. At like the beginning of this film. So, what we have not mentioned yet is that this film begins with kind of a cold open, which does not feature any of the Lupa characters. It takes place a little more than a decade before the present timeline of the film. And it basically shows Rassan getting murdered by the Nazis for not handing over his diary that points to the eclipse, the big doomsday weapon that he found. And then his daughter, I think, the mother of, we'll just reveal it here, Letitia's actual grandfather with Rasan and her parents take her uh, with the key to the diary away, and the diary itself, I think. And they drive off, and then they're pursued by Lambert and other Nazi women, I think. Uh, and then eventually they get into a car crash. Kind of just completely out of the blue, just another car crashes into them, and both of the Letitia's parents die, and then Lambert takes the key away, and then Letitia's basically sent to an orphanage, and then years later, Lambert adopted Letitia in order to raise her up as part of his plan to get back to Rassan, that the Rassan diary, and then As you do when you murder someone's parents. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's they're, they're, they're not the Rassan diary during all this was just thrown out the window of the car, I think, and just landed in the woods somewhere, and then it was found by people, I guess, a decade or so later, and yeah, they were presenting the, it in this the, French museum. And that's where the opening, and that's where the post-title credits scene of the film is. It's like, they found the Rassan diary, and they were presenting it in this museum. Lupin's there to steal it. Uh, Letitia's there to steal it. This guy is a police officer. And very convincingly, because even the Yada is fooled and stuff. So she steals the diary, but then Lupin and Congress are on the roof. And then there's this great scene where 
Lupin. It's just evading her, and then he, he like dances with her for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit. Um, they they just uh, as soon as Lupin starts showing up, they're like, let's show how we animate him. Mm-hmm. Go. Oh, and it, he, okay. he's just he's just acting like a cartoon character while like a realistic human being with weight is trying to chase him around. Yeah, and they set up Lupin's disguise game too because he's like dressed as like police officer in disguise as a police officer at the beginning of the film, which comes back and play later at the end of the film. As as it always does, yeah. because this is this is a movie that takes Chekhov's gun extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. I mean, we basically went over the core plot of the film, just getting to specifics, you know, Fujiko steals the diary from Lupin, and, oh, there's, during this opening first scene with Lupin, like, stealing the diary, there's a great homage after Lupin's, like, getting me from the Fisha to the house of Kagi Lostra, like, roof jumping scene. So, that was great. Uh, even with the same sound effects. Yeah, yeah, they, they're using a lot of the same Lupin sound yeah. effects, because Yuji Ono is still the music guy after yeah. forever, and he will never... Well, okay, he, he only gave off, like, music things once, and that was for the woman named Fushiko Mine, but outside of that, he, he's, he's the music guy. Forever yeah. and ever, and he will always be, until the world has been consumed by the fiery flames of the eclipse, which actually is not a flame. Yeah. Or until Simon. I mean, there are a lot of classic. Or until yeah. Golden Dawn. There are a lot of classic Lupin uh, music tracks that you can pick up during the film. It's really, really great. And I love that they ended it with Superhero. That was awesome. Yeah. He is a superhero. Yeah. I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. He's got, he's got money, and he's got, he's got charisma, and everybody wants to be him. I mean, he is literally a superhero in this film because he's. Stopping the bad guys from like blowing up the earth. Or he even learns how to fly. He yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Lupin's a superhero. Yeah, he's a. He can fly. He can do everything. Okay, Goku. Yeah, no, no, no. no we don't need him. Okay. Jiren, Jiren, stand no chance against Lupin. Oh, <laughs> no. But I mean, like, Goemon's a lot more powerful. So, Goemon was a total dick in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess he was a know, like, like he intentionally veers away. When Lu- uh, like every every single time, like he's um, Lupin's a- uh, asking for his help, he will intentionally help everybody but Lupin. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like literally, like when they are jumping off the plane to try and land in the car, like Jigen catches Fujiko and Leticia, and Lupin jumps, and then Goemon, who's the driving the car, he just swerves away, and so Lupin might just fly falls down on his feet on the ground. I guess Goemon's just like, why the fuck am I here? Yeah, and then, I mean, G- Goemon is, Goemon and Jigen were both bitter because they thought, well, Lupin solved the diary, was going to get the treasure without them. So that was the explanation. But Jigen's other excuse was like, oh, my hands are full, I'm, I'm holding two people already, what do you want me to do? Yeah, and then Goemon, so Goemon didn't even try to make an excuse, he's just kind of like, fuck you. <laughs> Zontatskin scene is Zontatskin. Oh my god. Um, this this movie is um it's very different from a lot of different Lupin properties, but it does make a lot of pretty. It does make a lot. Uh, it it is like this is a very Lupin thing. Uh, Guaymon's using the Zontatskin, which is like the uh, legendary mm-hmm. combination of three different swords from Japanese history, and one of them is a space sword. Yeah, it's like made from the remains of meteorites. Yeah. So, which comes into, is plot relevant to the 
solving one of the trials. I can't mm-hmm. leave it here. It'll get um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, adorable. I mean, like, like in part two, the thing breaks all the fucking time. Yeah. Like in Momo, it breaks, and then he just goes and cries off for the rest of the movie. You know, that one actually kind of was like pretty plot relevant. Like they, it, it was, it was like it was like something absolutely terrible and horrifying broke the most powerful sword in history, and then it was used to kill Momo. Yeah, but it's funny because he just yeets <laughs> off the rest of the movie. Though. As you know, <laughs> I mean, there was nukes and stuff. I would, I would have eaten it off too. If my son's head skin got broken. There's nukes being dropped everywhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat all. Yes. I, I don't, don't blame Glamon. He's a good boy. He just wants to murder Lupin sometimes. He was very adorably howie in this film during many <laughs> scenes, especially in the using head skin scene where he has oh, that leave with the head skin <laughs> because it. The need of a meteorite allows it to kind of concentrate these other like meteorite particle things into a road they can cross. Because that would be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. eventually gets it back and like cuts down like that uh, yeah. one freighter. Now this like, is the proper use of Zinketskin. Yeah, it's ironic because he he he, he he he's usually when he's cutting loose the he's like I've got. Another useless object. Yeah, but he's he's going totally ham on this. Like yeah. it didn't break until uh, until a few seconds after he jumped back onto the plane. He was go. He was showing off. Yeah, I mean, cutting down a Nazi warplane is a very honorable use of that skill. But wait, that, that's true. But like the Nazis are also worthless at the same time. <laughs> that's, so that's the main message of the movie: fuck Nazis. Yeah, they're worthless. But also cutting them is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, not advocating for violence, uh, but you know, as 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 the man from behind the bastard says, just get some bolt cutters. <laughs> oh, just, just get some bolt cutters. No reason. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be using them on Bernie's house eventually. I'm gonna steal all his long bit. So there are a lot of good characters. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of good character moments in this movie, like we just gushed about Goemon. But in general, how did you guys feel about how the classic Lupin cast were used in this film? Because personally, I feel it was really a Lupin Letitia feature. Like, there are many scenes where it's just Letitia talking with Lambert and Gerard or whatever. And there are very long stretches where Lupin characters aren't really there even. Uh, and most of the film, I think, like, Really, the first half of the film is really just Lupin and Lucasia, and we get like the other characters come in and out, and then they join for, of course, like the last act. Really. But even then, like the climax is all just Lupin, pretty much. Yeah. So, like, how do you feel? Do you feel like I feel like the characters they at least all got like one or two cool moments? Like Fujiko, she got some really great moments where she she's captured in the Nazi war plane. And then she seduces one of the guards, and immediately, like in less than a blink of the eye, she is already she takes out the guy just with her legs, and she's already uncuffed. Uh, her handcuffs at that point too. So she knocks out the guy. She knocks out the other guard, and then she really steals a plane that's in the hangar, and then shoots the uh, then shoots into the yeah. hangar in such a way that it, uh, that um that it. Makes the, um, that, that, it makes, it that it opens up, it up so she can fly the plane out. It's so good. She really makes great use of that uh, machine gun. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as you do. It, um, mm-hmm. I think that this movie was trying, like, it's very much a Castle of Cagliostra sort of thing, where mm-hmm. it's focused on the character of uh, Lupin himself, mm-hmm. and, and this character that's being dragged into this world that doesn't yeah. really 
but unlike Cagliostro, at yeah, Cagliostro, it took us a while to even meet Clarice, so we spent a lot of time with Lupin and Jigen at the beginning, and then get to know, you know, Zinigata and stuff, and we get some more time with the Lupin characters before Clarice comes in, and I feel like that film, I feel the focus on the original cast is a little more even. In this one, I really oh, feel it is. Going on gets short served, but Goemon gets short. I would say in, compar- uh, in comparison, Goemon definitely has no presence in this film for sure. But yeah, I do think they are similar films though for sure in terms of a lot of focus is put on this new character just getting introduced to the Lupin characters and their world and stuff. And very similar scenes at the end where both want to kind of join in in Lupin's world and go with him, but of course Lupin tells him, hey, no, you're so kidly. I'm going to leave you behind. Uh, maybe we'll meet again one day. They actually said, we'll meet you again in five years, specifically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so like, you know, get, mean, the, get that, get that get degree. Get that degree at Boston University. Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll hang out and steal yeah. stuff, I guess. Five year times get Lupin the third, the second. <laughs> hey, it's that, uh, it's the, the show that, uh, what was it, Beep tried to make. Oh, uh, Lupin the Eight. The eight? Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have that. We're gonna that's have, like in space. Yeah, though. That's like in yeah, the future. And, and it's, it's the space age. It's the nineteen sixties. They're gonna have flying cars by nineteen eighty. So <laughs> to have like oh, five yeah. generations of kids within the span of five years. Yeah, he's gonna finally get some. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the setting. Like it is set in the sixties. Like specifically, yeah. the opening scene of the movie is nineteen forty-five. France, occupied France, and so when we cut into present day in this film, it is the on-screen text said that it was a little more than a decade later. So the idea is, I think Letitia is supposed to be at least around eighteen if she's going to go into college or whatever. So it's at least eighteen years later. So I would say early sixties. Yeah. So like the France was still occupied at the beginning of the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's the early 1960s. Which is cool because it's kind of around the same ballpark as when the original Lupin manga was started. So, Which was kind of the point, but it also kind of feels like a more mature gang and yeah. a more mature Lupin. So I think the idea is, I mean, they gotta be, you know, in their 20s, 30s in this film, so they've probably already been doing their thing for over a decade themselves. Yeah, I'd imagine. This is... Lupin has a reputation, and it's actually a good one, for once. Mm-hmm. I did like the scene at the beginning when Lupin like, takes on his mom character, just like, I have ways of making yeah. you talk! Yeah. And she's like, I, I know you wouldn't do that. Yeah, that, we like, joked that that's how you know this isn't monkey punch Lupin. <laughs> yeah, not a monkey punch he doesn't, even, he doesn't even get a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> He 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 makes a little kissy face and she's like, no oh, man, Cagliostro's more of the castle of Cagliostro. Yeah. yeah, this is in a way chaster than Cagliostro. Yeah, as you mentioned, like he is kissed by Clarice in that film. No, nice on the cheek or whatever. But still, no. In this one, in this one, he he doesn't he doesn't even get a hug. Yeah. Rip in peace. Was and there Fuji, There was not. But they, they, I mean, well, they did kind of hold each other when they were like, oh god, the bomb's gonna go off. Yeah, that's they, close well, enough. Yeah, that's close enough. enough. Uh, the, um, what was kind of cool about this is, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally spoil it. So they're trying to figure out the mystery with the diary the whole time. And, the, uh, there's two keys to the diary. One is held by Lupin, 
it was an heirloom from his grandfather, and one was uh, in a Letitia's possession. And they accidentally, and, and the mechanism that holds the diary is extremely, extremely cool. So it's it's clockwork, and um, you have to enter the key, and then you have to enter a passphrase using the key. Yeah. Um, using five le- uh, so five letters eight, with L A T E I. It's very obvious yeah. that it's supposed to be Letitia. Yeah. They ha- hold on to that until like the third act or whatever, but, but it's, so, it's very it's so obvious. You you kind of knew. I mean, even from the opening scene, and when you see Letitia as an adult for a time, you kind of well, you know, like, yeah. the twist is going to be. Yeah, they are very good at like using the cameras to show who's doing what, uh, like like who is who. If the uh, like if the camera lingers on somebody or or tracks with them, it's like, oh, this is this character, or this is this character. So, so you see, you got this little filmic techniques. The diary is like the super cool death trap with a little clockwork countdown and a priming device. And there's a, there's a nice little scene where they're trying to figure it out together. And oh, figures it out obviously. Blah blah blah. And, and then he finds out later that it was actually created by his grandfather, Arsene uh, Lupin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lupin. I've seen Dupin because it's... Right. How do you use... How do German... But he's a German-created character who's French. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maurice LeBlanc is is German, I think, probably, but, but it's like a French... Wasn't first published in France? I thought it was published in Germany. Was it? I don't know. How... LeBlanc could be a French or a German name. Maurice... Oh, wait, no, no, it's Maurice, so it's He's probably French. French. Yeah, okay, I'm crazy. Uh, I was gonna say, like, what? what I'm crazy! Or... I'm going to just, I'm, I'm, I've broken the podcast by... Vix goes to Lupin. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Lupin history, oh yeah. my god. I've, I've ruined everything. Senegal's gonna have to lock you up now. You, you I violated uh, the law. Yeah, you misattribute you made a mistake in Lupin War. He takes that very seriously. Yeah, I'm very sure. serious about all things Lupin. He's trained in the Lupin for too long. Yeah. <laughs> he won't handle a rookie mistake, Vic. Yeah. Oh. You're not that oh. I'm just that cool. You gotta bone up on your Lupin knowledge if you wanna hang with Zenigata and tracking him down. 223 plus episodes of Lupin. <laughs> every, <laughs> chapter, every chapter of the like manga. 30 specials and fe- special films, whatever. Um, an odd little anime. Oh, and the PS2 game. That <laughs> PS2 game. The two live action film. movies. There's uh, all the ads that have come out, especially the ramen <laughs> uh, All the various crossovers with uh, toy companies and unsure. There's one for insurance, for like life insurance companies that I kept seeing in Japan because Lupin's for because, because Yeah, because like Lupin's for old people now. Yeah. So, well, the newer audiences, I mean, yeah. this is clearly a family film. Yeah, it's exactly. aimed at an all ages audience. And I think they were trying to make a bid at International Pier by making this a CG film. PMS yeah. seems to be really interested in making their franchises more successful internationally. With how they've been working with Discotech to not only release the bulk of the Lupin franchise out in the States and then getting the newer seasons on Denali, but also with Conan now, they're trying to dub newer films, get the show more available on streaming and stuff. So It makes me wonder how long we're going to wait until 
CG cone. Yeah, I, I totally expect the CG cone in the film. That's going to look weird in the CG. If we have CG, AG, I wonder how their noses are going to look in CG. Exactly. It be five feet. Oh my god. It looks so sharp. It's so great. I want A uh, murder will happen just by someone stabbing <laughs> someone else with their nose. Just They're going to try and kiss each other, and they both stab each other through the eye with their noses. Kogoro just trips and falls and stabs somebody <laughs> with his fabulous chin. Oh my gosh. This is this is terrible. And this will set up a cinematic universe for a sequel of uh, Lupin Conan CG. Kaito film. Kid versus Lupin yeah. the Third. Like they, it's teased, gonna happen. they teased it. They teased it. They said it was wasn't it twenty twenty. The joke teased at the end of the yeah. Lupin versus Conan movie. Yeah, they should actually make that. I, I mean, they, they they actually did make something with the Ava Evangelion X Godzilla. So why not make something with that? Yeah. Come on, I would like to see and that. We had Makoto versus Kaido Kid like twice already. And that's on the same freaking franchise. We have the same characters. We're talking about crossover. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like if we could have one character fight Kid twice, we should have a new one. Conan's fought Kid a dozen times. Of course they can battle each other as many times as possible. Yeah, that's different, but that's Conan. I wonder if he's actually going to find that stupid gem. Never. It's it's like that Sailor V thing where right, where it's just like this weird intermittent thing that occasionally progresses and it just keeps going on so long that it goes on longer than the um, than the manga that became more popular than it. Mm-hmm. Sailor V ended after Sailor V. Yeah, that's. I think we'll probably not find it until like twenty years over. Yeah, you know, he probably like, oh, right, Kaido Kid's a thing. Okay, one more chapter, he finds it. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Probably what's gonna happen? It's gonna be like a three chapter mini series. After the end of Conan, where he wraps up Kaido Kid too, and actually it was stolen by Lupin. <laughs> he had the gem the whole time. Well, there you go. I mean, Kaido Kid might not be able to interact with the Black Organization plot, but who's to say he can't interact with the Lupin franchise and that be plot relevant to his? Well, actually, you know, you know what happened after this movie? Uh, Lupin and the gang should go after the Black Organization for secretly <laughs> Nazis. Oh my God. I, they, they mean, they're wearing black. And what does the SS wear? They wear black. Uh, actually, I mean, that, the guy who's in charge of the black organization, I mean, he'd be alive during that time, right? So yeah. who knows? Who knows? And he has connections after all. Actually, what was really cool about this movie is that the Anand Airway like, is barely ever used in uh, films uh, for anything, which is kind of dumb because like the Thule Society, which is like, that's those are the guys of Indiana Jones, like the mystical yeah. Nazis. Yeah, Hitler hated them so much he had them all murdered. They they barely got to do anything. But people keep uh, focusing on the Fool Society or the SS or whatever yeah. the heck. And these guys are like an actual archaeological organization that did exist that yeah, Hitler hated, but it got to exist and doesn't and had uh, have these really really crazy and weird ideas that don't really get out there that much. Yeah, which I like. I really enjoy seeing the lesser-known parts of dumb fascism, and <laughs> seeing that dumb fascism on display and it getting foiled. Oh, I, do, I, do, I don't like... What, what kind of sucks is... So, this movie is very, very much focused on lineage 
Mm-hmm. And one of the big focuses on the Ananerva was that we could, that was that there is such a thing as ancestral memory, and we can and the reason why they're superior is because they have all the superior components of their past ancestors who did everything mm-hmm. good. So I think that it would have been a pretty cool idea to have. Oh yeah, thematically they could have tied that in with how Lupin and Leticia have these instincts that have kind of been passed on to them from their grandfathers, yeah. like Lupin has this sense of deja vu when he first touches his own diary, where he's like, I've seen this before, I've interacted before, and then it's revealed, oh, that's because my grandfather is the one who made the mechanisms to protect this thing. He was working with Rassan. He was his collaborator. Yeah, which I, I think that there could have been something about the Nazis being like, yes, you see, you understand, you are just like us. You are chasing the memory of your great forefathers. And then something like Lupin and Lachish are doing like, now we're just kind of doing this for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and the Nazis are like, no! And they dab on the Nazis. Yeah, they dab. Honestly, they, they could have dabbed so hard on the Nazis, but I mean, they did dab on them pretty darn hard. So. Yeah, I mean, they all were destroyed. They were all taken down and either killed or arrested. Yeah. What was really cool is that the, uh, one of the. So we haven't even talked about Gerard yet. Yeah, Gerard, or as you like to call him, uh, Richard, Richard Spencer. Yeah, Richard, it's, it's it's anime Richard Spencer. I I was listening to another podcast. He has an Lupin podcast, and their review of the film they compared him to a character from The Witcher, also named Gerard, and they out if he looked really similar to him. Huh. I guess he got well. He's got the scar over his eye, but uh, Gerard's got a lot more of a full face. And mm. actually, I think the Brisson looks like Gerard from The Witcher. Interesting. I, I, whoever that podcast is, uh, I will. They're good. I will fight you. Wait, so Gerard's the main guy from the Witcher. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think the Kassan looked a lot more like Gerard than um, the, this than the Gerard in like, this movie. I mean, I guess it's kind of the facial lines on the scars. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, so that looks like Gerard's from the Witcher. But like the gaunt, like the fa- um, Gerard Lupin's face is like super gaunt, yeah. and his hair is so the face shape and the hair are more like bristles. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, just to talk about the character Gerard, though, like, again, what I liked about him was that initially he gave off this impression of being composed and serious, but I love when he lost his shit and he revealed himself to be, like, the pathetic, kind of crazy madman he really was. Like, he's just, like, this, he's almost childish in his obsession Again, with this guy, he doesn't even know, but he's deified in his mind. And he just goes ballistic when Lambert, like, destroys the Bazaar's. I just loves him just freaking out. You're supposed to give it to the fly! Yeah, and then when the poor Lupin reveals his ruse after... <laughs> oh my god. Hey, uh, Lupin dresses up as literally... Yeah, he dresses up as... I do love, like, when, uh... When Gerard's, like, uh, getting angry at Lambert. He's just like chucking around everywhere. Yeah. I'm just reminded of like the fucking Neantas from like Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a truckster. I also love his. I, I just love the, like Lumbert, who's probably a person that saw and knew Hitler at least a little bit. He does not give a single shit about the mm-hmm. Fuhrer and is very, very much out for himself, but Lumbert yeah. is. Fanatically devoted to somebody he's never even met to the point. Gerard, where, Lambert, yeah, yeah, Gerard, 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 yeah
even before he knows that Hitler is still alive, yeah. he's like, nobody shall use this but the Fuhrer! Yeah. Because... <laughs> Oh my you, god. You were, you were like, I don't even him. think you were born when this happened. Oh my god, him kissing up to Lufon dresses. <laughs> Hitler too was so oh funny. Oh. Him saying, oh, oh, do you see my gun, It's a classic uh, weapon used by uh, the Nazi party. I'm such a good Walther P38, which is the gun mm-hmm. Lufon uses, which I thought was kind of cool-ish. Mm-hmm. He's Lupin uses Nazi gun. That is super mm-hmm. white Lupin. Oh, well, okay, Gerard does. Yeah, Gerard. Not, not Lupin. Lup- not Lupin. Lupin kills Nazi. Lupin, yeah, no, Lupin does not like. As uh, Lupin uh, tries to be Hitler to trick Gerard into showing him how the super weapon Eclipse works, mm-hmm. and that just which makes small black holes. He kind of makes a rookie mistake when he like gets. Up while he's in this wheelchair, like he stands up and it's like, a miracle. Yeah, and he's great character animation. Yeah. Like again, this is the Looney Tunesy aspect I love about it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's also again fun just to see Gerard who's legit. It's like, what? Where is my viewer? And he's like, ah, uh, he died in 1945. Didn't you learn that in school? He's such Look a great bird. Oh. And what? What? Uh, another thing that I really like, and I wish actual Interpol. Do is um there, there actually have been a lot of like Nazi hoaxes in the past of like Hitler still yeah, being I alive mean, in doctored is, photos. Yeah, this is based on like real conspiracy theories and hoaxes and stuff. People believe. Well, what's cool about this one is that Interpol itself was actually circulating. On, yeah, on they were le- trying yeah, to root out the. They were, yeah, they were trying to root out neo-Nazi organizations to try to stop them in their tracks before they got too horrible, mm-hmm. which is why they were actually prepared for what was happening with this. Yeah, I mean, And, you know, if the United but... States actually did that in real life, maybe things would have been better, but at least Charles Lindbergh didn't get elected to anything. Did you know the guy who circumvented the Atlantic, the, the Atlantic and plane, was a Nazi? Because that's a thing. Charles Lindbergh, baby. We almost elected him. Oh, God. We are a bad country. Yeah. But that's not surprising. What, yeah, I mean, in this world, I mean, it only works because they ended up teaming up with Lupin. If they did not, if Lupin's gang did not get involved, uh, would they have stopped them in time? Also, like, no. Zenny got to mention that they were tracking them already. Yeah, they were like, tracking it, it does, them It doesn't sound like they would have been But like, who, who actually took true. down the on an Air Bay headquarters and to the Brazilian headquarters? It was like, well, Lupin's gang, plus you got it. <laughs> it was just, it was like, the Interpol guys... He really could have. I mean, yeah. I mean, he probably could have, but... I mean, it was really Lupin's gang, ultimately. Yeah, but, I mean, Zenny Dallas got that big dick energy. I don't know. I mean, if yeah. it wasn't for the... Like, I'm, I'm sure that they could have had some Interpol agents, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been as I mean, you want to cool. see the cool... Yeah. The cool moment of like all the characters we know and love kicking ass. I think the intention there too was like, out the Nazis. Because like they did have Interpol. Yeah, afterwards. yeah. I mean that was the idea. Like it was, yeah. it was a uh, covert operation. Them parachuting down from the plane to infiltrate headquarters with a select group of the best for the job, yeah. which is of course the Lupin gang. So, yeah. Again, it really rested on the Lupin gang's involvement to like defeat these guys. 
Well, yeah. actually, see, Zenny got a new. Zenny got a new that all along his boyfriend Lufon would come to help him beat the Nazi. I mean, he will always be there for him. Exactly. That's true. help him out of it here. He does care. They love each other so much. It's so sweet. <laughs> I love it. He does. Like, Lupin gives him a call when they're standing in the desert, and he immediately comes running. <laughs> the one man who will fight, he'll That's do anything for me. He'll run across the world <laughs> just for me. But then, to be fair, they did give the hint of Sacred Heart, so they gotta be someone attracted to Lucretia. Well, no, yeah. that's, that's kind of... He had a little bit of a crush. That's, that's like a recurring Yeah, thing. I mean, Zenny yeah, does fall for beautiful women. But it breaks the ship! Yeah. No, it doesn't break the ship. Because like you can still be attracted I mean, he's still a to beautiful somebody. guy, boy, and and, yeah. and and it's not like he and it's not like he's like super. He's not going to like be into them. He's but, just more like yeah. I will protect. I will bashful. protect you with my because he's, he's he's like super chivalrous and stuff. Yeah, okay, that's true. And his but Zenigata must only have eyes. I <laughs> have a special bond. <laughs> it's true. I, okay, don't worry, don't worry. That ship, that ship has it's it's lasted for fifty years yeah. now. It's gonna last for fifty more. Yeah. Better. We better not see him have sex with Fuji Koi. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, abomination! <laughs> Corrupt cops, any battle? I can't believe it. He would never. He would never. In, I mean, in that series, he should be in the Oscar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if that would have been called in. Oh yeah, no, that would have been. Super... Oscar was pretty wild. Oh, because oh. <laughs> Oscar Wilde was gay. <laughs> he he was. It was very sad. Yeah, I know. Everybody's gay. At least still need a Lupin film where Zenny got a choice to hunt down Oscar. I, I would like to see that. I would like yeah. to see Oscar return. I like that character. I feel bad for Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeeted out of there, like, Joker style at the end of the <laughs> Yeah. But, so it's okay. Open ended, but what is Jake would be? Better be yeah. happy with him. Well, so, the whole series is open ended. You can determine, everybody can determine for themselves what they're going to do, and Oscar has determined that he's going to be the Joker! <laughs> 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 he lives in a society! <laughs> Actually, that is the point of Fuji Kambine. Society. You live in a yeah. society. <laughs> you see, Oscar has chosen to live in the society while Fujiko has chosen not to. Fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. That's, what, that's why Oscar has failed. You see, he used to think his life was a tragedy, but now he knows it's a comedy because he's actually in Luke on the third. Oh my oh god. god. Can't be tragic with Luke on the third. Any other thoughts? No, oh, there's quite a few other thoughts. I've got a thought. He's using any god. Oh. Well. So we talked a bit about Gerard. I want to talk about Lambert. I think I liked him as a villain in terms of like his cruelty towards Letitia and then his own like he had his own inferiority complex going on where, you know, he was in Bresson's shadow, so he wanted to solve this Bresson diary thing to get like credit and respect and whatever. And he was taking credit for the accomplishments of Letitia and passing it off as his own, so he's resentful of his adoptive granddaughter for also being a better archaeologist researcher than him and so he, he is putting her down constantly throughout the film saying that she's not good enough to go to Boston University she's not good enough to pursue this as a career and they do try to show a little bit of that he does have some compassion for her 
because initially he does relent and agree to allow her to go to the university. He tries to convince Gerard not to throw her off the plane after she fall, she finds out their secret that they are Nazis. But ultimately, he's just so abusive that it really didn't sit right with me that the film gave him a sort of redemptive debt, like he dies protecting Letitia from Gerard shooting at her. Like, I... he jumps in the way of the bullet. And, like, she asks him, hey, why'd you do that? And he's like, I don't know. But you you know that the reason this big film is going out of his way to say is that, oh, he, he did, did care about her despite all the abuse. Like, literally, two minutes ago, he had just, <laughs> he had just finished abusing her and, like, pushing her on the floor and yelling at her, complaining about her not respecting his accomplishments and that making him so angry he was going to go blow up Berlin to announce to the world that he has all the power and they're all going to fear and respect him now. It's like, it's too sudden. I just didn't really want a redemptive moment for that character. I didn't want the to. thing is, I didn't really see it as like full redemption. It was so. not at all. It was a very, very broken... Okay, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay, so like, his character animation was really, really good. Mm-hmm. There, um, when Leti- any time that he's talking to Letitia, his face is going through a bunch of different stuff. He's struggling yeah. with his own anger, and he's struggling with everything else. And then, um, and then eventually, like the uh, when it, during their like first conversation on screen, the lines in his face eventually just leave, and he's like, "Okay, I can see myself in her." I, uh, I, I think that when he gives her the thing for Boston University, I think that he legitimately actually cares at that point and as the film goes on the closer he gets to actually becoming somebody he um um he and and he finally has a um and when she figures out that she's actually brasson's granddaughter he completely just loses everything um like he's even really really like when when um when he sees that leticia's alive he does try to like fuck over gerard um um from uh, shooting at the plane He's like, he's like, he's like, he yells Letitia, and then, uh, and then he, like, lunges at Gerard a little bit and drives, like, I mean, the thing is, like, it's 100% an abusive relationship. It's horrible, like, yeah. I, I don't think, like, uh, Lambert is by no means a good person. Yeah. But, like, I think, like, him saving Letitia at that point is built up to a because of those words. Like, he's not, he doesn't have, like, no attachment to it. And he's, it's, like, obviously using her, but, like, yeah. There's still, like, that attachment for, like, okay, I did somewhat care about it. Yeah, he is, like, an emotionally complex character. And it, you know, it doesn't come out of nowhere that he would, you know, save what he should like as he had tried to do that before. It's just that it just didn't sit, the moment still didn't sit right just because of, like, just how cool he had been to her and how manipulative he was. And I, I think... I really just needed a moment where Letitia had, like, stood up to him in a way that, like, showed that she did have, like, dominant power over her and could defy him. Yeah. Because, you know, that just wasn't there. Like, whenever she's in the scene with him, she is very passive and scared of him and relents easily to him. So... I mean, I think the... The scene right before that, where she's like telling him, like, "Hey, you used to actually care about our job. 
Yeah, I think that's what the point of that scene. It just wasn't strong enough for me because, again, the power dynamic of that is like he's looming over her and like she's kind of on the floor and like she is like talking back to him, but it's it's just not a moment where she has power in that relationship. Well, actually, well, during the moment she's saying that, at first she is looming over him and he mm. is cowering. Okay. And then, and then he, then he gets the darkness in his eyes, and then he's just like, "I'm going to kill him." And then Vince Spencer's like, "No, nah, I'm going to rip off the thing and take him again." Maybe I misremembered then that scene, but uh, still, she was standing at first when she was holding the book, and then she gets shoved down, and then he tears Opom up, then he tears up the Boston, um, the the recommendation for the University of Boston over her. And yeah, I see. I think that's the thing is that like he pushes her down and like reclaims power in that moment. Yeah. I think yeah. it's the distance there that I think is kind of jarring. I guess for me it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, I it's also the speed. It. I think also the quickness. Like literally, yeah. like a minute after that is his sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. At least he said, "I don't know," because if it was like, yeah. "I always loved you," instead yeah. of being like. I'm still yeah. a shitty, manipulative person, and I don't even know why I saved you by. Yeah, <laughs> they would, that would have been hitting us over the head with <laughs> the point and the, the idea of why he did that. His complex feelings towards her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Letitia in general, I felt, I liked her uh, fine, but she was very similar to a lot of these, like, you know, damsel characters. Uh, not necessarily damsel character, but, like, you know, a uh, character of the film. You know, like kind of like Paris, like every like Lupin special or movie. It usually Paris introduces was also like a this young character. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like yeah, just this young. Useful. Yeah, she does yeah. stuff. She's knowledgeable in integral in solving the puzzles of the eclipse and stuff. And she's she does. She's more proactive. But, I mean, a lot of these Lupin specials, you know, they introduce a younger female character that interacts with the gang, like the audience circuit, meeting the character for the first time, and that. And so, those characters are, do seem a lot flatter than, of course, you know, the main gang, who are brimming with lively personality. Yeah, and I think part, part of it is, like, we've seen those characters be done far better and fleshed out in parts four and part five. Like, yeah, see, that's another thing, is that, I mean... Those series have the advantage of developing yeah. Ami and Rebecca as, like, really complete characters with, like, fleshed-out arcs. Yeah, but when you go from, like, say, a god-tier character like Ami <laughs> to, say, any Lupin special, like... Yeah, know, I mean, like, she's yeah. not... I wouldn't say that Letitia is that much more emotionally complex than, say, a lot of the other, like, one-off character of the special yeah. film. The Lupin gang founders, like in that one we watched earlier this year, the Goodbye Partner. I don't even remember the female character from now. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a similar kind of thing. It's like just this girl that uh, Jigen wanted to rescue, and she had her skills that were integral she to the, the piano. Yeah, <laughs> the piano. Yeah, the piano I just really like the idea of an archaeologist. Um, that's yeah. really, really proactive, and she's going into this of her own free will. Yeah, she actually, she entrapped Lupin into this. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. did. So, I mean, there were, because she is a little more proactive, like that, she is engaging in that way. It was fun, uh, but it's just, I just, 
it just did feel like we have seen this kind of character. Before, I, think, and I, I mean, especially with that ending, with like, you know, kind of replaying that Clarice scene idea, you know, that also kind of hit that home for me. It's like, yeah, we've seen a character like this and fu- I, functionally in the story. Before. I'm not sure if it's just my imagination. It feels like she lost a lot of agency. Oh, she did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She totally yeah. did. And well, I did. Luplan has to go with, like, white mate. I mean, she, yeah, she has I to rescue her. I really wish that she would have been able to, like, beat the shit out of... Uh, I, I wanted to see her beat the no, shit out of Yeah, I wish she did beat Gerald. Yeah, because she, prob- uh, um, she probably does know how to work the eclipse. I mean, she did. She that. tried to yeah. blow it up. She... It's not a power. Cool moment, but yeah, it's not a power. And it was actually cool. Yeah. Like she turned the tables on Jiro yeah, so she hard. Was, she, he was like, "Oh, yeah." I mean, it's, and it's like, luck. It was out of power, but she oh. could, she could have like really stopped his plan right there, killed, taken him and her out at the same time. But yeah, which I I wish that she would have done. I mean, the movie was kind of like they did more. There'd be some issues with the uh, with like the pacing. The bar- movie already was pretty inter- weirdly paced. It's I pretty fast paced. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Especially yeah. the second time through, I was like, "Wait, we're already at the scene." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really moves at a big clip. Uh, again, I do think they get to the ruins like halfway into the movie. Like yeah. they go through like the early like cable settings are pretty fast. Yeah, not a lot. All the twists or turns or whatever kind of really breeze by like a whole it all happened in one scene yeah it, it really <laughs> it's a Lupin movie you're not getting the deepest I thing I do ever. like how all the characters are like overhearing you know uh, Lupin tell Letitia he got his right. crying yeah he has his back turned and he has his you know yeah. hat kind of down because you know he's tearing up I'm losing yeah. my shit. Well, the characters are like really uh, genuinely emotional and uh, empathetic for Yeah, they, I, I, I like that. Yeah, they, Fujiko. It, she's. I wanted to see her interact with Fujiko more, mm-hmm. but like, but um, but it was it was it was nice to see all of the all the gang interact with her, yeah. and like them treating her as an equal. Mm-hmm. Which isn't always a thing that happens with like the new characters that are put into it, but it feels like she actually kind of earned their respect because she does things with them, yeah. and she's overly formal with the gang, but they're not formal with her because they're like, "Hey, sup, Tisha," and she's like, "Oh, hello." <laughs> <laughs> like, she she has this she has this thing where she calls everybody like Sama or Song, mm-hmm. and she's even though she's familiar with them, and everybody's just like, "Hey, what's what's up, Clarice Chan?" <laughs> it's popping, <laughs> and it's 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 fun to watch them all interact together. I think that a character like her could work if they put her on the team. Like yeah, the I mean, family. she has unique skill sets, so yeah, she would be interesting to see employed in the story. So hopefully, they do do this five years later story. She's in the with a lot less colonialization. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think very intentionally they were trying to replicate that kind of feel of an Indiana Jones-esque adventure, she, but with this globe-prodding, having her be an archaeologist. The opening has the Indiana Jones era. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, uh, like, where the, like, showing where they're going. Yeah. Super cool. But, uh, and her outfit is pretty reminiscent of, like, I think it was like a combination of Indiana Jones and uh, Jane from the Disney Tarzan movie, who was more of an Indiana Jones-like character. Yeah, I can see that. 
like the like the the the, the short yellow pa- the the short pants and like the uh, yellowish ventures outfit. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy that. That that's is an enjoyable movie. It is a it's a roller coaster ride, and <laughs> that's what and that's kind of what you want out of a Lupin movie. Yeah. You want just a fun romp. You want like a something that'll give you some good thrills and laughs, and and some feels. And some feels, yeah. Like Zenny got us with romance with the wrong. <laughs> you want oh, to yeah. uh, I, I I I like how Gwen is just kind of like no. It has to be. It, it has. To be. I, I'm assuming that what that was was that it hadn't been um that it, that it hadn't sat for enough time yet. Yeah. It's gonna ruin the flavor. Just like watch Grandma make drama. <laughs> Can we just watch Grandma make just be the main character of everything ever? Yeah, been great teacher. Your first lesson: fuck all of them. Just gonna sit here. Cooking spinoff for Grandma gives us <laughs> being a solution to make drama. Yeah, he he can do that. He, he teaches. Oh, you cuts in the cut ramen noodles. <laughs> this is the true way. <laughs> you got you got to use that space radiation into your ramen. Yeah, it's like the space dandy space ramen. Yeah, yeah. He's Grandma's the best character. His design changes so often, but it, it's it's. I really like his design in this movie. Yeah. I thought his eyes were interesting. I felt they they really felt more Japanese than the other characters' eyes. Yeah, they yeah. really did. Which I think I that's love. what threw me off at first. Like, huh, something about Gohamon looks different. I'm like, oh, it's the eyes. It kind of reminds me of like his eyes in Mystery of Mamo and the pilot film. Mm. Yes, yeah. um, like I really like his his like designs of those. It's different from what Monkey Punch did for some reason. Monkey Punch draws him with like a cleft chin. Hmm. Yeah, Monkey like, Punch is designed for him also like slightly changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like part three is like closer to what Monkey Punch draws Guaymon as. Yeah. When um when he's like drawing Guaymon not on a time limit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lupin interior is uh, for like the weekly manga is a lot different from stuff like Sexy Lupin or like the one-off covers or album covers or posters. So by the way, Sexy Lupin should localize that at some <laughs> point. <laughs> really cool looking. Yeah. My Lupin manga. Mm-hmm. I need my Lupin. Just localize it. It's, it's like Lupin is weed. Localize <laughs> it. It's, it has more medicinal purposes. Yeah. Lupin can cure cancer. That's a, that is an FDA guarantee. <laughs> okay. But no, this is probably like the best film I've seen this year. Which is not <laughs> Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog was the best film this year. I like Sonic, but it was no Lupin. So this movie will is probably it? be trumped by like What are with you is great. What are with you is great? Ride your wave? Okay, yeah, fuck, ride your wave. Yeah. Uh, but, you but, want, okay, yeah, you want to win. <laughs> so they'll probably all just have a still. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we will get to see that. It's a long time. Let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. The theaters are closed before that. Well, uh, it's oh, you know, we should have mentioned this. We actually saw this in theaters. We went to both the dub and the sub screenings. Yeah. It was fun. We sat up in the front row 
trying to get some distance from strangers in the back. Which usually works best for social people distancing. People don't like the front two rows. Yeah, but it worked fine for us. I thought, yeah, but I thought... That's what, that's what they call the nose seat. Yeah. Because you, you usually have to crane your neck. But thanks to recliners... Yeah, uh, it's the 21st century. That's why I've never been bothered by them like now, especially at the AMC we go to. Like, there's recliners. It doesn't matter. Even watching sub, it wasn't a problem. Yeah. Like, I could... Yeah. See the entirety of the screen and read the sub very easily. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, it was easy. It was pretty nice, and I like I like all the G Kids events. Yeah, yeah, G Kids is G Kids is going back to their thing. They're they're doing it. Theaters um theaters are gonna happen unless uh, somebody wins and decides to lift more restrictions and we all get COVID and die. (laughs) That's not getting COVID. What? I'm like, okay, I'm okay. You're gonna die. You're gonna die of COVID. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You're gonna, you're gonna do it. You won't. You dumb bitch. Why? Yeah, someone with asthma, I'd be concerned. You'd be at risk. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he absorbs it into his marvelous magical I, mountains. I have a very high chance of dying if I get COVID. I will protect you. I will protect you from the COVID. I will beat it out of your body. I will. Uh, I will personally fight it. Die. I don't think that would help. First of all, I think that'd be a violation. It's well, yeah, the Hippocratic Oath is does not apply to me. I am just that good. Oh. <laughs> do no harm, more like do all the harm. Well, I thought our screenings went pretty well. I wasn't too concerned. Like you know, I we have been a little anxious going back to movies uh, since they've reopened. We've only done it a few times. And, I think this is working. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Both of the screenings, like it was really great to you know just see it with you guys, and just have a blast watching it, you know? like commenting just in whispers in the movie about things we got excited about and stuff. Yeah, it was a. It's also a very very big spectacle of a movie. It, this is Lupin's first theatrical release in twenty three years, so they really seem to want to make it big. Yeah, I mean, again, I think I think they want an international theater. I mean. Yamazaki's like opening uh, little thing at the beginning of the movie, like before the movie played, was like, "Oh, we're so excited that this gets to play, you know, in the homeland of big Hollywood movies." Because this film was, you know, a homage to those. And and you know, it's cool to have a little Zoom, the pretend Zoom call with him, because he he's doing it over a Zoom call. And uh, you can you can talk to him if you want. You can you can talk. To him. I hope they have them in DVD versions because uh, you know I can, I, yeah. I can boot up my old friend Yamazaki all the time and just oh, talk no. talk to him about my day. Yeah, just a, a direct <laughs> line, a direct zoom line to Yamazaki is included on the Blu-ray disc. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> You know, it, it, it just, just in 70 years, somebody's gonna come across a blue bond at first, and it's go- and, and he's gonna he's gonna be summoned once more to walk this earth. Yeah, that's how things work. And this is why we slap instead. Uh, this is why we use Discord, because di- I'm a gamer. I mean, Discord's basically using the slap. No. It literally looks like Discord. Yeah. I mean, Discord's open source, so yeah. they can they can legally just copy paste the code and call it something else. Oh, wow. Yeah, open source is open source is the best source, and everything should be open source because uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, this is the Linux guy. 
Uh, Richard Stallman, I, I don't know if he's been cancelled yet, but uh, I'm gonna say this, Richard Stallman was right. But only about the things that involve everything should be open source, and I don't know anything about his other views, and I know that he okay. looks like a goblin. Hooray for future proof. <laughs> yes, I, I, I seem to remember he got cancelled for something, but I don't know what, so I'm just going to... I did cancelled as in, like, there was some bad things, maybe, but I don't remember if that was him or somebody else that looks like a weird wizard <laughs> goblin, because there are so many weird wizard goblins from the 1980s that are getting cancelled. Like, now, uh, as in, like, they did bad things, like Alan Moore. But, you know, Alan Moore also had some good ideas, which was death to Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And I can get behind that. I think that Lupin would have done would have done that, too. I think that Lupin would have dressed up in a Guy Fox mask and blown up <laughs> Parliament. Yeah, I think that seems like that something that Rascal would have done. Uh, like, ex- except right. it would have been funny. Yeah. And it'd be like Zenigata running out of the explosion. <laughs> it's like, oh! And I don't, I don't know. What, what, would he, what would he be stealing from Parliament? Uh, queen, the, 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 the Queen's teacups. Yeah. Yes, the legendary Queen's teacups. He blows up Parliament, accidentally kills Margaret Thatcher, but it's okay because he got the teacups and nobody cares about <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Except for bad people. Are you a bad person, listener? I just called you a bad person. I'm sorry. I love you, Ooh. listener. I'm looking at a microphone. And that's the representation of you. It's just like a little, it's got like a little big old bobblehead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a, it's called snowball for a reason. It's like snowball. Though. Yeah, and it, it kind of looks like a weird little alien, little alien yeah. friend. Now it makes me wonder why Yetis are called Yetis. Those look like Yetis <laughs> uh, because a Yeti, well, um, when you buy one, a me. Yeti watches you sleep. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it's got a little tracker in it, so you can tell. Where you, where you are, and then a Yeti comes to your house and watches you sleep to protect you. That sounds pretty comfy. Yeah, but it, I mean, unless like you're a fan of the SCP universe where Yetis are like the prototype humans and they're eventually going to kill us all because we uh, we did something, we did a horrible genocide against them. How did we get to this from <laughs> Uh, because I'm here. <laughs> I'm going now, 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 let's talk about parallel universes. What do you think are the implications of this movie involving parallel universes? There were implications? Of parallel <laughs> yes, you see, you see, um, if Lupin runs into a wall at, uh, um, at Watch for Rolling, during, uh, Watch for Rolling Rocks, uh, for 24 hours, and jumps on a, scu- on a scuttlebug, he can go into a parallel universe to escape Zenigata. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see a film play with kind of sci-fi Ideas like that are pseudo sci-fi. Oh, we, it, it was called I mean, Green I guess. versus Red and Mystery of Mamo. Yeah, I mean, actually, you're right. They've done that several times. I mean, even this is like, involving like some pseudo. So, not well. This is like ma- weird magic science. My friend, uh, when I told him, how did Rasan even find out this stuff? How did, he, how did he discover these ruins? He's big boss. How do you discover how this machine would work if he had never... Did he ever use it himself? Like, how... I mean, it destroyed, like, a temple when it activated and blew up, so... How how did this... How did he figure out how this worked? I'm imagining... So, since a lot of the stuff was... Uh, was written... In, uh, was, like, taken from the Epic of Gilgamesh and uh, stuff from around the Bronze Age, I'd imagine that he put... that The idea was that he put together a bunch of pieces from uh, different pieces of Bronze Age literature and uh, different things that were taken around uh, the Mesoamerican and uh, it was, it was the other one. 
Mesopot- yeah. and the Mesopotamian area, and I, I, I think that was the oh, and, and, and like so all of it was like ancient Hebrew and um, ancient Arkham uh, um, blah whatever the Epic of Gilgamesh is written in. Mm-hmm. So um, the combination of that and and the Torah and the Talmud uh, actually pointed to a giant spaceship. A small, a small little spaceship that makes your planes into dragons. <laughs> yeah, I think he. You're right. He probably just translated some ancient text to describe what would happen. He never really did it himself. Well, he. he, he um, but I don't think he activated. He's like, ah, oh, yes, this yeah. is what it does. But mankind. Yeah, I mean, we know that they've been there though, because they also had a deactivation they, protocol in there too. Yeah, which never didn't do anything, but yeah, because because the trials are already been completed, so the Nazi group would already have been able to pass through anyway. It, they didn't, it didn't matter that the trials had been deactivated. So. But I mean, I guess it just helped them to get back easily. I don't know. Maybe it is what allowed Doimon to just retain his sword easily. I love him this morning just thinking about the thing about Zinkitsu. This, that is all he needs to think about. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they did go there, clearly, to see the location, see how everything worked. But they they must have reactivated the traps or whatever, because, I mean, Lupin the first did go through that trial, going through that tunnel of little lasers and whatnot, because his hat was there, his cane was there. So I guess they, they just, after they visited and solved these trials and saw what the thing was, they just reactivated the traps as they left. So maybe like he stuck. And they left his hat and came behind. So they can have the poster. Yeah, so they can have the cool <laughs> shot of the poster where he's dressing up with the iconic uh, iconography of his grandfather, who is the copyrighted character of someone else. Yeah, but I mean, Lupin the Third is no stranger to this. They had Columbus Kid, yeah, uh, once who was a, a skateboarding boy detective. That works with the police. Yeah. I have never seen this before, ever in my life. Yeah. I, Conan I, before Conan. He also fought <laughs> Superman and Oscar for the Rose of Side. Like, they uh, fringe on copyright a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah it, it, um, no, always, because mm-hmm. they, well, in, in the 1970s, nobody cared about Japan. So <laughs> it's like, they could, they could just... They could throw anything into there, and as long as nobody from America kind of came over and watched a specific episode of something, it'd be fine. Because mm-hmm. before the internet, things weren't as draconian, and you could get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. But the weed wasn't as good. <laughs> uh, but I don't—I wouldn't know because I don't smoke weed. Yeah, Miyazaki hadn't come up with his grand conspiracy to sell weed to the children. Oh, Lord! Ghibli conspiracy theory. More like. Mary Jane Bleed conspiracy. I didn't know what it was called. Mary Jibbly's conspiracy. No! Oh, speaking of conspiracy theories, did you guys know that Hitler's still alive and living in South America? No. <laughs> he isn't? No. But, but I got, I got, okay, I got this thing from a really reliable source. Uh, uh-huh. His name was um, Inspector Benny Gata. <laughs> yeah, he's a, um, he's a really, really cool dude. He gave me this photo of Hitler in a wheelchair. I think I think we should check it out. Maybe yeah, yeah, get a, maybe get a super weapon over there. 
Uh, I think I'll leave you two with that. No, no, I'm saying no. You're coming with me. It'll be. Uh, Are you sure it's a wedding god or is this another Q drop? Twenty god. Twenty god. Q was any god on the whole time. <laughs> he's been trying to find all the neo Nazis. Trying to expose all the neo Nazis and all players. He's he's gonna capture you. He's coming. You hear? You heard it here. Uh, Zeni god is gonna come after you with handcuffs. You can't, you can't escape. It's going to lasso you with them. Just how it works. Sorry. <laughs> I'll make the rules. Zenigata does. It's Zenigata's world and we're all living in it. Yeah. Except for Lupin. Lupin is beyond it. Yeah. Yes. That's how this works. Movie over. Well, this podcast isn't quite over yet. Why not? Well, because there is one last thing I want to talk about that we haven't addressed yet, and that is how we felt about the sub versus the dub. Specifically with the you know, side characters in this film. Because this was a topic we could discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, I think D-Kids did a really good job of casting in this. And I really thought that the, you know, the Letitia and uh, Lambert and Geralt, I liked their dub performances more than I did the original performances. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely glad D-Kids went with the usual cast that we're used to. Especially since there were concerns when they got the license for the school that like, oh no. Are they going to try to get new people, like famous yeah. actors or someone, to voice these characters? I'm glad they went with... I don't think they I mean, I don't think they did Disney stunt casting. They, they haven't done Disney stunt characters. They've got they them, like, generally just get, like, solid voice casts. Yeah. And they usually get a lot of New York subs. Yeah, I mean, they're, they you think they use NYAV posts. Yeah, which was part of the concern, because, like, obviously, like, these are mostly all yeah, but they did. They did it. I mean, you know, everyone's recording remotely anyway, so why not just get the old gang that's been doing the Lupandas for the past couple of years together again? You know, yeah, it's good to have Tony Oliver, Richard Epcar, Michelle Ruffler, Tony Gover, Tyson Rose, and Doug Ellis. My first exposure to Lupin was the Japanese cast and the, the Japanese cast that's been um, on the show since uh, about 2000 or so. Has a, just does this absolutely perfect job of replicating um, the original cast's voices. I mean, except for Jigen, who just is. Yeah. He's, he's all. Jigen's. 87 year old. Yeah. He's still going. He's outlived you know, Monkey Punch. He's, out, he's outlived everybody, and he's just going, and that's a little bit to his detriment. I mean, because he, the dog like, version of Jigen yeah. sounds more like Jigen. Than actual Jigen at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he sounds way older. I mean, we yeah. were commenting on this. Like, it, I mean, it does show in his voice that you know he sounds very old, much older than he even looks. Yeah, and I like I was just watching like um, it, part one of it like a few like a few days ago, and so like going, going and hearing him now, it's like oh, oh, that's odd. Also, also Doug does in a uh, Doug and Ezra Holtz. Is Airholtz is the perfect inspector Zenigata. It's yeah. just a, an American version of Zenigata's yeah. well. It's so good. He has the perfect cadence. Uh, he he does a great job. But Tony Oliver, I I like him. I just don't like him as much as. And I mean, for of, me, my first exposure to Lupin really was the part two dub. So I love that cast. I love their voices and. They, I think, really love these characters and get to the heart of them. So I thought I loved their performances so much. But of course, the original 
Look, Japanese cast is great as well. Uh, so, I mean, you can't go wrong with Lupin Gang either within the film, but I do think the dub does shine, because especially with Lambert and Gerald, especially Gerald, especially, like, I liked kind of the sinisterness of his voice on, or, like, the deepness, which means, like, a really great contrast for when he's, like, lashing out and losing his shit. Because in the Japanese version, like, the performance is also, like, kind of presented as dignified at first, but it's a lot more soft-spoken, so the impact of him, like, freaking out isn't just as loud and crazy as it is in the dub, which made me really love that. Yeah, I think, I think the, like, German overtone of his voice really helps a lot yeah. in like, some of the performance. And similarly with Lambert, I like the gruffness and the tiredness. And the resentment really came across in his voice even more so than the Japanese version, which was, tr- was doing some of the similar stuff, but it was just a weaker sounding voice to me. Like it's just hard enough to make it distinct, but not too much to make it more like a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The position was just really, really good and enthusiastic yeah, yeah. and fun. I liked, um, I liked both of their characterizations, but the dub I liked a little bit more. Would you believe that she is the same voice actress as Lily from Pokemon Snap? Dang! I mean, uh, I mean, similar characters, right? Yeah, that, that, they're they're similar characters. That's I wish I wish that Pokemon Sun and Moon had uh, the anime had I mean, been like. Polar hands. I mean, I think I wish that, that they had had Lucy. I mean, be an abusive, horrible person. Yeah. I was there for the abuse, and I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, want traumatized families are what I'm here for. Yeah, that's why I want really, Pokemon. They really went with the Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. And still mm-hmm. never finished that game. And like the loose of was like commit, man. Like, the, the, the story was ha- the story was half finished in Sun uh, in Sun and Moon because the game was rushed. And then you rushed out, and then you and then you farted out a story out that's even more rushed. You, you can't just rely on the manga to fix everything, man. Even the manga doesn't have the space to handle all that anymore. They were trying to do Guzma. <laughs> Like they 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 thought you guys are gonna handle Usamine because you guys didn't have as much on Guzma, so they were gonna do him he's like the lesser villain. But the lesser, my boy, <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> Y'all also, uh, uh, I, I figured it was him. Uh, Takahiro Kiyasu, the voice of like Toga from Revolutionary Girl Utena. Like he's got this like perfectly deep, this perfectly like deep, mostly sinister voice. I think that that really would have worked because. Mm-hmm. I think that he can totally sell being an evil Nazi man. That um, yeah. and his breakdowns are always super good. He's also one of the uh, uh, one one of the command crew in uh, uh, at Nerve in Ava, like the one with the long hair that plays the guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, but his but Gerard's uh, ja- uh, um, Americanese voice is perfect. It's a ten out of ten. He just goes he, he, his breakdown over his Fuhrer when he figures out that Lupin is. Has been playing him for a fool the whole time. It just goes so well from just utter sadness and shock and just being de- destroyed, and it goes. <laughs> I do think one interesting thing about Lambert's a Japanese actor, Kotaro Yoshida, was that they were trying to go for like a Shakespearean tragic character with him. So we actually cast a guy who acted in a lot of Shakespeare plays, stage plays. That's. I, I I really did like his soft spoken with bouts of rage mm-hmm. Japanese voice, but you know I, I I'm not I'm probably not the best at 
like figure it's like unless I I've, I've heard a uh, a say you enough I'm yeah. not good enough at like understanding exactly I can pick up some Japanese words I'm not the best at it yeah, so it's hard for me to judge voice acting entirely especially since these guys for the Rikishi and they weren't like regular anime voice actors they were like you know regular actors but they don't specialize in voice work yeah. Which that's not always the best idea, but so, but like, especially with like stage play actors, those translate really well to voice acting because you mm-hmm. do a lot of the same yeah, ideas. Yeah, same projection yeah. of your voice to make it stand out. And uh, like the like the bit of overacting because yeah, yeah. in a stage play you have to sell a character that people can't see very well in animation. The characters, the characters' faces may or may not be compensating for whatever you're doing, so yeah, overact your heart out. It's good. Exactly. It's always better to overact an animal than to underact. That's uh, that is how things always work. Mm-hmm. Just, just if you're gonna go for it, ah, go for it. Ah! <laughs> I'm the actor. Yeah. So. But overall, I thought that the dub was very strong, excellent work by Jukis. I say the one criticism I had was that the sync just felt a little off. Like it felt like the voices were not really coming from the characters, especially with incidental characters, like in the beginning scene where they're at the museum. The uh, oh yeah, everything presented like it, it, even though it was the lip flaps were matched, it really is because of how the film is animated. Like it really matches the Japanese pronunciations of the dialogue very closely, so I think they did their best to sync it up, but it, it was just the slight offness to it that made it feel like the voice is matching with the character, but it doesn't feel like it's time for the character, and that did it's, throw me off. It kind of felt like an Akira situation, where like, it, it's very clear like they animated to the voice flap, yeah. or like the voices of the characters. Yeah, it's full, full animation of the mouth charts. Like, it's yeah. it's not, like, just open flaps or select limited movements. Like, this is, like, genuine sync. They're forming, flap animation. like, they're forming each character, uh, um, instead of, like, forming vowels, mm-hmm. like, uh, um, so it's probably, you ever seen an old, like, like an old Godzilla dub? Or, yeah. Uh, or, like, just any, like any dub of a foreign movie. Like, it felt like a dub of a foreign movie. Yeah, it really did feel like a, like, a, what I would expect from when they dub like live action, oh, yeah. live action. Yeah, exactly. Like the bleach <laughs> live action dub. Speaking of which, I feel really bad for people in other countries that have to, that that dub things because I, I I don't even know how that like I, I just it just draws me really out of it when um mm-hmm. like in this movie it was kind of fine because it's animated yeah but if I can tell that the voice isn't coming out like that voice isn't coming out of somebody's face can't do it can't do it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm all for a sucks when it comes to live action. Yeah, actually, you know, I remember being in India when we were kids. Uh, we would take trips over there and watching American shows, live action American shows dubbed in Hindi. You oh, remember? Yeah, it looks so wrong. It felt so weird, right? Yeah. It's what they made of. It's like, yeah, it feels natural. Okay, it's so yeah. speaking Hindi to us. It's, yeah, but then when you watch iCarly in Hindi, it's like. Yeah. Why is I Carly? You could tell these characters are being dubbed over. It's very, it's a very strange feeling. But I think, like again, they also have to produce this film in quarantine, so 
maybe they'll make some adjustments for the home video release, uh, which is also going to come out pretty quick before the end of the year. You gotta fix it. So, in, gotta fix it on the Blu-ray. That's how all anime has to be forever. And even you know, if not, it's still like in such an engrossing film and such a great job in terms of all the performances across the board that you'll still be engrossed with the movie. Yeah, honestly, like you'll you'll get over it. You get over it, you big baby. Like, yeah. It really only bothered me at the yeah. Sometimes it bothered me when Lupin was like, when it was like close up on Lupin's face because Lupin's just naturally doing very, very big mouth sounds. Yeah. And they, um, and they especially animate when he's saying things, when he's saying, which, that's, that's, that's the line. He always says the line and they, they animate it very well. And he's like saying, see ya pops. And I'm like, no. I hope he's not saying see ya pops. No. I want this to be like a, um, like a, like an old uh, fan translation where they have oh, they have like, just like certain odd phrases just always written in Japanese. Hey, Kaku, <laughs> yeah, oh. or like Sonic <laughs> Adventure where it's just Daddy Ah. <laughs> um, Amayo Totsan is uh, Lu- 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 it should be Lupin the Third's Teddy Ah. What they what they do have in this film are some good ads. Like at, at the scene in the end where they're escaping by boat, but the boat's breaking down, and it does they have like. Lupin say, Jake, use your hat to roll. Yeah. <laughs> or and um and uh, Lupin's final line to Gerard is Nazis lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's when he's forming the black hole in the middle of um the plane, it's so good. That's, that's the most these are good this film kids. Nazis lose. Yeah, Nazis hopefully lose. Yeah, hopefully. Probably ancient Mesoamerican black hole creating machines that we can drop in like I don't know Portland. Chaos. <laughs> just uh, just for no reason, like um, for uh, just completely hypothetically for science. Yeah, it's just, just for science. And hypothetically, if anybody listening here uh, happens to be part of a organization the president doesn't like, uh, maybe they should move out of Portland. For hypothetically, if we manage to get our hands on this hypothetical Mesoamerican doomsday machine, if the president does like you, though, come, we'll have a pizza party. Yeah, we'll have a pizza party. <laughs> And it's not. And, 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 they can and, get reinfected uh, with COVID all over again. Yes, and also black holes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a tiny little black hole. <laughs> a little, just a tiny one. It's okay. there, there's a beach on the other side of the hole. Yeah, if you won't have to worry about the pandemic in a black hole. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because exactly. there's, there's no air in a black hole. Yeah. Therefore, there's no way for like no way for disease to spread. Yeah, so you yeah. wanted to take off your mask, but you would take off the thing. Yeah. 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 In fact, yeah, your mask won't exist. Yeah, get yeah, yeah, the black hole. The yeah, other molecules will be dissipated one by one. Lupin the Third has taught me many wonderful things. I love how he just he his his final act to Gerard is he gives him a little fake picture of Hitler. Gerard is obsessed with like even after he knows it's fake, he's like my God. He dies because he lunges to catch the photograph and then he falls in the black hole. And Lupin's like, dude, trying to save him. He was holding onto his arm. He was trying to save him, but no, he he just he fell. He was like Lupin. He was like suffocating Lupin. Lupin does like a backward somersault type thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he tries to grab it, and it just falls in. Yeah. Because like, reaching for the, the picture and stuff. <laughs> you can tell that... You, you can definitely tell this is a more heroic one, because he feels, like, bad for the guy. Like, yeah, he's, like, like, he's distraught that he had to watch this guy die, even though he's literally choking him out of his moment earlier. Yeah. Lup- Lupin feels a little bad. 
for the movie. Like, even even um even the shoot like the shooting in this movie, like Jiggins shooting out the guns in people's yeah, hands. It's it's pretty bloodless on the part of Lupin. Yeah. They don't kill anyone in this film. The Nazis do kill people, like horribly and oh, well, Yeah, they kill each other. <laughs> like uh, Lambert has one of the guys go into the first trap and activate oh, it and yeah, he literally like implodes. Like he like he is crunched into non existence. Even Fujiko's gunshots are just kind of like make everybody dance. Yeah. So I'm like, oh! Yeah, but basically you just catch everyone off guard and then arrest them. Yeah, because that's how things work. If you're cool. Yeah. Which the Lupin gang is. Yeah, they're cool. Like the Lupin gang. Don't kill people. Yeah, don't. Guns don't kill people, they make them dance. <laughs> yeah. And then you arrest them with magic handcuffs. Yeah. He'd be like Zenigata here. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should just be Zenigata. Honestly, I think that there would be a better place if you were yeah. Zenigata. Yeah. Fight for justice and be attracted to hot dudes. <laughs> yes. That look like monkeys. Yeah, exactly. If you want an actual, like, dynamic like that, but actually, like, going in on the gay overtones, like, read from Morocco or that. Morocco or Morocco? Eroica. Oh, oh Eroica or that. Okay. I mean, that's that's kind of a similar dynamic about, like, this thief and the detective who's hunting him down, and there's, like, serious, you know, gay yeah. overtones. They're actually, like, attracted to each other. That's a great one. I think that's a, that's the contemporary Lupin. But, yeah. Another classic. Hey, it's what it right. Oh my god. Oh my god. God, it's Fabio! <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> That's fabulous, I love it! Oh, it's, it's That is so good. It is a it's, 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 it's like, it's David Bowie and Fabio <laughs> together. This is so good! I love it! I'm gonna get, oh, is that a Santa hat? No, it's just, it's just a little out. The cloth designs are really good. Yeah. Shoujo manga from 1976 ran irregularly in Viva Princess. That moved to Princess. Can't have that Viva in there, I guess. It's, it's not cool enough for that. It's a James Bond spoof. Oh my gosh. I always knew, I always knew that James Bond and Goldfinger were going to get together. <laughs> or insert James Bond villain here. I, I didn't watch too much James Bond. All I know is Luke on. That's that looks much better than James Bond, anyways, yeah. and less sexist. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> we're actually well, okay, okay. Well, I mean, we, we, we got, got, we got... roots are very sexist, but like this film was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Lupin got much better with the sexism faster than James Bond did. Because like by yeah. part two, they were a lot. Yeah. Depending on the writer, any even in part no part one had it was half written by Miyazaki, and Miyazaki it's, made Fujiko well, awesome. Not half written by Miyazaki. Part like Miyazaki only did two episodes in part two. Well, but part one. Part one, yeah. Part yeah, one was happening. Yeah, yeah, like like because like Fujiko turned into like awesome. Yeah, cool he yeah he definitely transformed Fujiko into like a more proactive, cunning character. I think. Yeah. So so come on, come on, fucking James Bond of the nineteen sixties and seventies and eighties. What you doing? What yeah. you doing? What you doing to girls? I need something to look up to, like uh, Fujiko. I need to learn. You know, she, she taught me wonderful things. And <laughs> Bond girls didn't teach me anything. I've, I now know that all my problems can be solved with a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit, and, or, and a Beretta. An owl PTSD. <laughs> yes. Yes. And drugs. Especially drugs. Especially drugs. And all that matters is money and cool cars and 
saying society is a joke. In thematic nudity. <laughs> very thematic nudity. Uh, there was no thematic Fujiko nudity in no. this. Again, this was a very family-friendly film. I think they really wanted to send this out to as wide an audience as possible, internationally especially. I think that really came from Monkey Punch's intentions as well. So I think we should address kind of the big thing is that this is like the first big Mupon project to come out after Monkey Punch passed away last April, uh, last year. Yeah. And this film was announced a, a few months after he passed away, but of course he was in production for quite a while and he had you know, been involved with it. And uh, this film ends with a quote from Monkey Punch from 2017 that he would like to see Mupon one of Avengers over the world. And I think that's what TMS and the team behind Mupon is trying to do, is that they are trying to bring Mupon internationally in a big way now. I think this film is a big step towards that in terms of reaching more people. And I think it was really awesome. We were able to see it in theaters even during these, you know, kind of dangerous, uh, uncertain times. And it was a really nice experience. Yeah, I thought. Know, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of nice to see the films reach a kind of renaissance of, of sorts in the last, especially. Yeah. His like, first renaissance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this was a really great tribute to Lupin. I think it encapsulated the fun and what makes this franchise like so lively and imaginative and creative. Like all these decades later, why you can still tell such interesting, great stories with it, and in and you can really play around with it. Like again, this is like set in the sixties. It's it shows that the Lupin characters really are timeless. Like, mm-hmm. this is the film set in the past, but we're watching it modern day, and it's incredibly beautiful. It's like part five, like, really kind of drove with, like, despite the changing time, Lupin still has this relevancy. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have that charm to them. It's yeah. literally just Robin Hood, which is uh, yeah. a set of the public domain thing, where it's, yeah. it's just a, a, a small set of characters that, for years, have just been reinterpreted endlessly by a lot of different people, making them more relevant to the times and more relevant to whatever. And, I mean, there's an original, so that's okay. She could do so much. Do so much. <laughs> Even the original author is just kind of like, what if I did this? What if I did this? What if I did this? <laughs> is, Lupin has, has, has transcended its own medium and become a living legend, which is super cool. Yeah. It's like Batman or The Elder Scrolls. It's like, it's like you... Lupin, you want is your true Lupin. Do what you like. Copyright is fake. Yeah. I mean, make, your, make your Lupin fan fiction where Lupin is in space. Where and he meets the Power Rangers and the Ninja <laughs> Turtles because that also happened during Power Rangers in space. You know I mean? Yeah. I like the fact that like even now like TMS allows two different entities of Lupin to exist, like the mm-hmm. Koike versus Lupons and like the traditional Lupons. Like, yeah. Kind of feels like, yeah, Lupin really out there for everyone. For everyone. It's a very malleable franchise that's open to tons of interpretations, and I'm glad to see them continue to experiment and do creative and new and interesting things with the franchise like this film. There's a Lupin for you, who Deep in your heart. I mean, there's literally every Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I hate the single Lupin thing. Yeah, I mean, that's good because, I mean, this. Review is probably the first step towards eventually reviewing a bunch more Lupin movies. Mm. Remember, we did that whole poll where we asked people, hey, what film should we review during the quarantine? 
And all the selections were like basically the Lupin films we had. But which one won? I don't remember the specific one that won. I think Legend of the Gold of Babylon. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, have, you seen, have you seen No, I don't think so. Do you watch that? Yeah, I we, we watched that in Ivan. It was batshit insane. <laughs> it was really good. It was. <laughs> spoiler! Aliens! <laughs> aliens I mean, really again, if you thought, like, the Doomsday Weapon made by Eastern Civilization in this film was strange, I mean, you have not seen what the rest, the rest of this franchise has done. Also, why the fuck are you hating on Manhattan Joke? No, I said really dope theme song. Oh, really? I thought you said really dumb theme song. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, how dare you insult Manhattan <laughs> Joke? Even people who don't like that movie like that song. Manhattan Joke! It's also like purple jacket, technically, isn't it? Like it's anime by that guy? It looks like purple his jacket. I mean, a pink jacket. Pink jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, purple jacket. Yeah, it's the one of the future. Purple jacket. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's the future. Because it looks like his later animation style with um, the letter half of Luke on the third part two, which he got a bunch of angry letters about, and everybody hated him, so he dropped out of the animation industry, even though he just wanted to make a Lupin that everybody could enjoy, and was really passionate, but then got completely burned out, and now he's out of the animation industry in a really sad, former shell of himself, and constantly gets hated on by people on the internet because he tried something new. Yeah, that's depressing. I, I mean, I love oh, that's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. He, reading his interviews. He's so sad. Yeah. He just goes. He just gets sadder and sadder as time goes on. He's like, I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> he, he, I love his experimental style. Yeah, he can't believe it. Respect part anymore. Yeah, it's got a. It's a very sexy adventure. <laughs> I enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's very bouncy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we have to dive into more Lupin on this show, on more Mount Arathide movies. And, yeah, so we got to get around to those at some point, Lord, and you'll still need to get around to a few more things, like uh, Violet Evergarden. We never reviewed that film, even though we said we would. So, at some point, we probably should do that. Also, Zero New Forcer, we should probably treat Review that at some point. I got a. I, got, I can review him. It stinks. It stinks. We got what? I'm. And I'm, 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 a, I'm a professional critic. Oh my gosh. I'm. I'm a professional. That's a. You didn't cry at Violet Evergarden. Well, oh no, it stunk. So oh. I never. I never, I never you didn't even cry tears from the stench. Well, you know, you know. Um, I kind of had to walk out of a movie theater because uh, I just can't stand those Chinese things. They stink too much. Ugh. Those Chinese movies. Oh. So things work. I am. I'm, 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 Man, you must have closed your eyes, then. If if you get your eyes. Well, it, you know what? It, um, you I don't. I don't actually have. You see, I don't actually have eyes because I'm a. I, I'm. I'm a member of the the Oscars. <laughs> so uh, the the Oscars review board. That's why I'm a professional critic, which means that I am contractually obligated not to have eyes. How many nominations are you going to get Sonic the Hedgehog this year? Oh, zero, because it's not a Disney movie. Now, Mulan, however, <laughs> oh, you know, that's going to get a, that, that's, no, that's going to get every, all the awards. Yeah, that's how, thing, best movie of all time, 10 out of 10. Um, oh, don't, uh, what, what's, 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 any, uh, what, what's, there, there were no Muslim internment camps that were used to make this movie. What are you talking about? You would be a Muslim, so, right? That's, that's how you pronounce it? And now like the Oscars, sponsored by the Chinese government. Yes, there is nothing happening in China. Don't, <laughs> Hong Kong doesn't exist. 
Uh, Integrity Farms. Yes. <laughs> how, how was that quarantine special anyway? Oh my gosh, you haven't watched it? I oh, haven't it, yet. It was really good. Okay, I've got to watch I really, I gotta really watch that and the Darkwing Duck thing when I get home. Oh uh, yeah, that's on YouTube for free. Yeah, go watch, go, you, you like Lupin? Go watch yeah, Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck, Duck. Nope. TMS animated that too. They're really, they're really close. I, I, I think back in the nineties. Huh? Yeah, back in the nineties. I, I, um, a Lupin. I mean, a Lupin stand-ins have appeared in Ducktales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they have. have. So it's they have. And he got as a girl now, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I really hope that uh, there's a there's a, there's a crossover thingy with Lupin and the like the Lupin of Ducktales and the Darkman of Ducktales. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be totally dope, even if TMS isn't doing anything with Disney nowadays, or anime, or Warner Brothers. Come back to Animaniacs, TMS, please. You know, Crossroad, it could be possible, though. The animation studio that worked on this film, guess what other big film they worked on? Sanic. Yeah, so Sanic! The Sonic Hedgehog live-action film. So, Lupin Sonic crossover? I can, I can see it, I can see it, I can see it. I, I, no, the, the, the makeup's kind of the same. Uh, <laughs> Knuckles and Guaymon could totally get together. Uh, I don't know. Who'd, who'd be close to Jigen? Uh, maybe, maybe Shadow? Shadow'd be close to Jigen, because they're, they're... No, wait, no, no. Guaymon'd be closer to Shadow, because Shadow, yeah. Shadow's okay. trying to be cool, but he's actually a, a, a dumb little dork <laughs> that doesn't understand people. Uh, he's actually not edgy. Uh, Knuckles and Jigen would totally get together, and... Fujiko and Rouge would be a thing, and uh, because they're literally the same character, and Sonic and Lupin would probably be friends, yeah. I guess, because they're, they're easygoing guys and just doing, oh doing what they want. It writes itself, make it. it li- yeah, yeah, and then the Tails and Zenigata could bond over their love of, <laughs> of dumb gadgets <laughs> and stuff, and fighting crime together. It'd be so good. Uh, oh my god, I mean, gadgets. Zenigata <laughs> Inspector Gadget. That's a Oh my god, I would love that <laughs> so much. They'd be perfect together. They'd be best friends. Yeah. And uh, TMS did work on Inspector Gadget yeah, at one exactly. point. So, you know, gotta, gotta call up uh, the office of Deke that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> and make that Inspector Gadget so he got TMS, are you listening? We are trying out some really great crossover ideas. Oh, actually, Lupin appeared in Sonic X! Oh. Yeah, he's in the background of uh, him and Fujiko are in the, um, and the uh, the Fiat are in the background of episode one because TMS animated oh, Sonic dang, X. Awesome. But also animated really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like watching JPEG scroll across the screen? <laughs> That's Sonic X! So we can, so like, they're already in each other's universe. We could, gotta make it happen. No time for relaxation, no time for animation. This <laughs> <laughs> is a sign of me rap. I think this is a sign that God, that this needs to, needs to help us more. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we gotta go. We gotta go fast. So. We gotta go fast. That's true. <laughs> it's time to wrap gotta, up. Gotta go inside and outside. Thank I... you, thank you so much for coming on to talk upon the first with us. Yeah, you know, when you live in in the city, you know, you gotta know how to survive. Or I don't know how that song actually goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do it with Sonic R, but it didn't work out. Anyways, yes, I love you. Thank mm-hmm. you for this wonderful experience of Lupin. Lupin brings families together. Yeah, just like Lupin, you've stolen the hearts of our listeners, so where can they go and find you if they hope to get it back? Um, you can go to Vix. This, uh, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at the Valiant or Furious Furry, on Twitter. You can watch me repost furry art and weird 
Dom and occasionally scream about anime and manga and post odd niche things about niche anime, manga, or video games that I enjoy because I don't have time to create content right now because I'm in school! Uh, school is gone. Yeah, Varun, you yeah, don't have to worry about that for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm a free man. A free for a little while longer. Yeah, a year. What kind of content? Oh, you still have a year left? You create stuff. <gasps> Secret stuff. No, you create a lot of stuff. Wheeler, why oh. don't you tell people where people can find you and all the stuff you're doing? Because you're um, doing a lot. Don't sell yourself first. Yeah, uh, people can find me on Twitter at WheelerGTV. I'm usually on there to talk about whatever I'm doing, which is usually reading manga, writing reviews, and not sleeping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's an endless cycle. He joined my anime club. It was oh. weird. Yeah. It is very weird. He, j- he joined. He joined my anime. So um, he, he 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 joined the U of M anime club uh, out of the blue, which was kind of uh, he didn't just kind of showed up. <laughs> he used to go to the school that I do now, mm-hmm. and he saw me post about it on Twitter and was like, "Hello!" And now he occasionally attends meetings, which is you guys attend in person. No, no. I'm stuck at Discord. Okay. Yeah. So I was in that Discord group when I was at the university before I graduated. But I think I left because it was never active at the time. Mm. Yeah. Who, who's ever is like running it now is like when we're Sean the Bomb. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. He's a cool dude. He's, I mean, he's a freshman, freshman too. He, oh, no. I see. I see. Some people had really actually made something to do with it. Because I know there's been an anime club there for a while. Because as I would. You know, work there. I would pass by, like the in the bridge. There's all these yeah, paintings of the clubs. You used to work with the health. What I worked with it. No, but like, weren't you doing like a project with the? It's like one of the health like did I was also working with psych. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's around the area. They did a mm-hmm. they did an ACO this year. A what this year? ACO. ACO thirteen. No ACO. Oh. Oh, oh, from uh, Little Witch Academia. Oh, oh Aku from Little Witch Academia. Oh, oh they, like the art they painted piece. that this year. Okay, oh. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. But uh, anyway, besides Twitter, you can find my manga right now reviews over on old-comic.com. They also write tsunami-related uh, articles and pieces for tsunamifaithful.com. Aside from that, I'm also starting to stream a little bit on Twitch. Oh my god, and what are you streaming? Mainly Dragon Quest and Fire Emblem. That's stupid. I know. You should. Uh, aren't you excited for the new Fire Emblem game that's finally being translated for six dollars? Yeah, six dollars, and will only be available until March thirty first. Oh wow! For some reason, Nintendo's gonna blow up on the March thirty first. <laughs> <laughs> th- th- thanks for translating for for developing an entirely new engine for translating games in real time and layering the text over the game so that you don't actually have to work within the constraints of the ROM, Nintendo, and for only having it available until March 31st. Okay, what's going to happen on April 1st? Because why are all these games just disappearing on March 31st? You see, industry insiders have said that um, Nintendo is actually going to rip themselves up and go into space. And uh, um, you know how they want their games to be for everybody? So what they're going to do is they're going to seek out new life and new worlds to give the gift of Mario to. Oh my of god. Of course, this makes total sense. Yeah, this is, all the servers are going to go down and we shall be without 
Nintendo, but we will know that they are out there somewhere. And this is all, of course, a part of the grander Ghibli conspiracy orchestrated by Hayao Miyazaki. It's true. It's true. And also part of the Pixar uh, shared universe. But, uh, anyway. And QAnon. <laughs> this is all part of QAnon. <laughs> I think they were trying to call me to try and get me to shut up right now. Who oh, no. But anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm mainly playing Dragon Quest 2 and uh, Fire Emblem. Jedi two? It yeah. was two. Two. Like, two. Like the NES one? Well, the, the shitty Switch port, because I'm lazy. No. I sent you! <laughs> I sent you the wrong one! I have the good one, too! You, why are you torturing your viewers? Mystery! <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't! Just get medicine! Uh, you just set up OPS on your computer and use medicine! <sighs> you own a copy, you can... Okay, okay, you know what, you know what? If pressing two buttons is hard for you, I will I will come over to your house and I will connect the two little buttons for you, baby. <laughs> Only you'll press the button that says start and then I'll press the button that opens the game. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the And I also do like three podcasts. For some reason, I do a bunch of podcasts. So everybody does nowadays. So like yeah. three different podcasts, like everybody is. I, mean, I guess technically I want like six at this point, but like yeah. three that I'm like a producer on. So first, Dumbwee's podcast, General and May, Manga podcast. That can be found on Twitter at Dumbwee's Pod. Then I recently started a Shaman King podcast, Over Soul Shaman King podcast, which can be found on Twitter at Shaman King Pod. And then. Are my big one, the Demon Slayer podcast, where we talk about everything Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba related. That's on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast. We recently <laughs> had an episode uh, where we brought on Crunchyroll's Japan correspondent, uh, Daryl Harding, to talk about the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie. So if you aren't able to watch the movie because you don't live in Japan, go listen to that episode because you don't want to spoilers all the dirty details um <laughs> and why it's so hype. Or you could just oh wait, I can, can I can I can I advocate for illegal activities? Mm-hmm. You could probably you, not. No, I no, no you could use those gold cutters. Get them to an airport. Fly to Japan um and then uh sneak into a movie theater <laughs> uh with those bolt, same bolt cutters. It's completely that easy. Like that's all you like um like that's how you get into all the movie theaters in Japan. They're just <laughs> You, 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 they, they've got, like, secret fences. You just well, cut them with the bolt cutters. So the problem is that getting to a movie theater in Japan is not actually getting into Japan. No, no, that's easy. Just I think you'll get thrown out by that guy who pantomimes in front of all the movies telling you to not turn your cameras on. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes! No, he's he's gonna come after you! <laughs> yeah, like, they're very hardcore about it. Like, those cameras also not only prevent you from filming now, like, you have to have your mask on and like, hey, mm-hmm. The giant dude with the replace head. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I love him, but I think the camera guy's a bit cool. Mm-hmm. Video, video, video camera cool. I don't know what his actual name is. Yeah, I forget his name. Like, I'm uh, just gonna call him Video Cam Camera. Because <laughs> that's you know, he's he's beautiful. He's I love his little gloves. He's very elegant and dainty as he pirates. Hold on, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at Lemomiyasha on Twitter, and it's Lemomiyasha a variety of places like Amateur Revelation and Analyst, where there's a Lemomiyasha, that's where you can find me. 
You can also read my reviews on AllEngineCom.com. We've got a lot of books coming in, a lot of reviews going out. Mostly so. for me. No, I've written <laughs> some stuff as well. What was the last one? Okay, it was Moriarty. So Moriarty, yeah, that was a big yeah. one. Yeah, but what's the next one? Well, I'll get on some more. Why are you so pedantic? Just, just accept that. Well, I think Reward is actually cooler because he's doing a lot of stuff. Reward yeah. is hurting himself and, and, and not sleeping. Sleep is dumb. I, 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 I'm worried for my baby boy. Every um, One like equals one Convince at Reward to tell him to sleep, please. Yeah. 4am is a healthy sleep. <laughs> I will beat you to death. Then you will sleep. <laughs> oh gosh. But <laughs> then you'll be having a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be a sleep that'll last for a very long time. Yeah, for sure. Sleep like the dead. Uh, I'll be like Rem and just get into like an internal coma. Oh gosh. Get in that Rem sleep. That's I heard, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna. Oh my god. <laughs> this chair's not moving. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you can find us all in your heart. Yeah. We're there. It's, yeah. Like Lupin Gang. But you can also find Manga Mavericks, the podcast, Among Hearts and Movies, the related podcast that you're listening to right now. You'll find all that on Twitter at manga underscore mavericks. On Tumblr.com, MangaMavericks.tumblr.com, our YouTube channel is YouTube.com/slash You search for it in the search bar, you'll find it. And of course, we're on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, Spotify, all of the podcast platforms that you can think of. We're on there. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating review because that really helps the show out. It helps us gain some visibility. It helps us get some constructive feedback to help make sure we get better. And if you also want to send feedback to us, another way you can send it. Us on our email, longevers uh, at gmail.com. We love to get feedback. What do you think about Lupin the Third the First? Uh, what films would you like to see us review from the Lupin franchise or just in general? Anime films coming out? Just drop us a line, let us know your thoughts and suggestions. And if you want to help the show out a little bit, you know, help us continue to produce episodes of bad movies or pay for the movie tickets, so these aren't covered by A-lists. A pretty pricey pool of these tickets. You can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash mongolics. We have a variety of tier options to spread some support our way, but also get some cool stuff in return. You got our tour out here, you get early access to our podcast, and we have like podcasts up months in advance of when they're going to be posted publicly on there right now, so you can check out like half a dozen podcasts up there early. And you can also get at our five R tier monthly bonus podcast exclusive to our Patreon, which includes some cool ad news episodes like on Dragon Ball Super Broly and uh, Battle Angel Lita that makes me feel so on and that was there. They were great conversations. But also our current project on the Patreon is the Monthly Book Club Review of Saint Sia, where Paul and Doctor are going through Saint Sia two volumes at a time and uh, the end of the Poseidon arc, and they'll be getting to Hades next year, so definitely will want to catch up and uh, listen to that and follow their journey. But that about does it, I think, for the show. 
So, once again, this has been Monarch at Movies, and we will see you in the next review. And see. <laughs> that was the best podcast ever. <laughs>
My alternative plan to use HBO Max and Netflix to expose my concerns around the world has failed too because they've just got lost in the sea of so-called content on these streaming services. I knew it was a stupid idea, damn that Suzuki for tricking me into it, but my biggest enemy now is a homegrown one, you see. Kimetsu no Yaiba. I still don't know what it is. What I know is that everyone in Japan is obsessed with it and keeps bugging me about it when there's trash to pick up and all the damn merch they're creating for this stupid show is just making more trash in, the, in this world. But the film's success is also a threat to my international influence. Before, I could use the leverage of creating Japan's highest grossing animated movies to trick overseas audiences into seeing my films of the prestige and popularity value. I could present my films as examples of Japanese animation as a respectable art form. That which holds the most value, the most regard, above the delusion slope the other studios turn out. But a vapid, soulless piece of commercialism like Demon Slayer becoming the number one all-time Japanese film undermines the image of my films as untouchable cinematic masterpieces. In order to continue my plan to influence audiences all over the world, I must retake my spot at the top. Ewig and the Witch will soon come out in North America, even though it was directed by my incompetent son Goro. This film is a critical step in the next phase of Studio Ghibli's cinematic supremacy, which is why I can't let those slanderous manga mavericks see the film and review it on their podcast. They must not expose its secret subliminal messages and hope my master plan yet again. This whole situation is one big mess. That's okay. I've had a lot of experience digging out the trash. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm too old and too busy to head overseas just to kill some otaku. But I know you have just as much of a grudge against the Morgan Mavericks as I. Which is why I'd like to entrust you to do the job for me. Are you up for the task? Oh yes, Mr. Miyazaki. I will not fail you. I will easily crush them like a can of soda and throw them in the recycling. May God give them another chance of life. And you know why I will succeed. No, and I don't care so long as you. It is because I am magnificent. I am marvelous. And I am from the moon. I am Maximus, the new king of the Inhumans. Be warned, Manga Mavericks. I'm coming for you. One of these days, Mavericks. One of these days. Bang! Zoom! Straight to the moon! Where I am king! And where you will suffocate and die! <laughs>
great. Now, if you excuse me, I have more trash to pick up.